someone told me you got to get the meatball sub. It's very good. I ordered the meatball sub, and then I see like one of those cheesy like signs, like something's on sale of the a cheeseburger. And then I ask them, what's what's up with the cheeseburger? And they're like, oh, we hand patty the burger. We bake our own bun. And I go, a pizza place making like a hand patty burger, fresh bun. I ordered it, and it was so good. I took out my Motorola razor and I snapped oh, man, a picture. The razor. <laughs> snapped a picture of that in the pizza. How was the pic? Do you have the picture of that? I do. Do you want oh, to see man, it? Oh, man, I would love to <laughs> see that. On a razor? Welcome to Banco Podcast. It's a podcast sandwich. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm joined as usual by eighth grade basketball MVP, chef, and dad cat model. Michael Beltran. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, we are joined by Petey the Dog. That's Petey the Dog on Instagram, P-E-A-T-Y the Dog, as well as this episode's guest, Seth Burger Beast Gonzalez. Golf clap, everyone. By, by the way, since you didn't bring it up and you're talking about eighth grade, in second grade, I got first place haiku. And the Day County Youth Fair. Did you? Yes. Oh, muy, muy importante. En español. <laughs> <laughs> español. I hope you said it just like that. <laughs> I mean, so this must be as majestic as a, of a podcast as the one with Ricardo. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Maj- majestic is a good word for what we do around here. <laughs> yeah, I think majestic is a good word. Charlie Bronson is Mr. Majestic. Seth, what's yeah. up, man? How's it going? Hockey? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, man, we're just here. We made it to 2021, and we're just we're doing the thing. I was at Chugs and just wandered over here, and this was going on. Yeah, I know. You were at Chugs, and you were knocking on the door, and mm-hmm. then yeah, I want a breakfast sandwich, and then you saw it wasn't open. Um, before we get started, I heard you had an issue because I, I in a previous episode, I may have called you an influencer, and I just want to apologize ahead of time. I would never mean to call you an influencer. I feel like that's dirty talk. And for you, I love you very much. And I would never... You are a trailblazer, sir. I own you. Yeah, you are a trailblazer. Yeah, I know. No. You are a trailblazer. All the kids are just trying to be like you. And um, I would never call you a bad word like that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It, it, it hurt my heart. <laughs> I don't even remember doing that. But yeah. So... All I right. was so angry, I watered down my espresso. Oh, man. <laughs> Oof. You watered down your espresso, huh? You must have gone to Starbucks or Le Pan or something. Um, I don't know. How, let, how do we start this off? There's there's so many layers to you. You're like an, a very – you're an onion. You're an onion. There's lots of layers to get to the core of you. I Should we talk about how you became a trailblazer before we get into <laughs> talking shit about Larry Carino? <laughs> Who's Larry um, Carino? Exactly. <laughs> he, who he's not. Is he not? He's not a real movie buff. But No, no, no. Without um, a doubt. <laughs> before we start talking about those things, let's tell people why you are a trailblazer, how you became a trailblazer, and how you influence people like myself. Don't you want me to... No, I'm going to say... I'll say that story. I'll say that story. But you, say, can talk. you can be my abuelita here. You, go, know, you, give, you say all the nice things. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do my best. Abuelita says nice things about you? My, look. I'm shocked. When people talk to me and I go, I need an abuelita. I lost my grandmother about 20 years ago. Uh, she always talked very nice about me. Very did. nice. Oh, man. They used very to nice. Right. <laughs> Tell people the story. Why you are the Burger Beast, how you became the Burger Beast. I know that before you were the Burger Beast, you um, horror movies, right? Right. A shop. So yeah. let's, let's take them back. When Seth was... Playing in the yard with Max Santiago <laughs> while he was making donuts, while he was thinking about donuts and dreaming about cookies. Well, to, to be exact, in Westchester, Max Aye. and his brother Enrique lived down the street from me. Mm. 
I mean, if we really want to bring up Max and his bowl haircut that he had, um, we he used to play. Doesn't have it anymore. Well, he kind of does. He does. <laughs> he does. He's just he's got bangs, you know. Right. He ninety did up a little bit, uh, and so no, Max and I were actually that was the era of Hulk Hogan. So actually, a couple of years ago, for my birthday, he gave me some LJN, which are the 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 wrestling figures that were like full on blast, like rubber, for my birthday. And he goes, "These are the same ones we used to play with when we were kids," which is ridiculous. Ma- that he Max still has them. Gave, gave that to you a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, he gave me uh, George the Animal Steel, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, and the Killer Bees. Uh, Love that. I should have brought him here and just set him. Just here put on him right, <laughs> on YouTube right now. We have a large following on YouTube. We're we're big overseas. Oh. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, I, I just realized this week that I have on Facebook more followers in Venezuela than I have in the United States. What? Yeah. That's what I think. Venezuela? Yeah. Well, why there? Any idea? Uh, there was a period of time that I had a bunch of people coming from Venezuela to visit the museum. Really? So I think it might have something to do with that. This episode of Pancong Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Drew Estate and Master Blender Willie Herrera, who are proud to introduce the Herrera Esteli Miami Cigar. Crafted by Level 9 Cuban Rollers at El Titan de Bronce in Calle Ocho, the complete Herrera Esteli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Esteli Miami features a black and gold color tone and is available in the following five Vitolas. Nick, tell everyone, what is a Vitola? A Vitola, and by the way, I would like everyone listening to this ad to know, this is the first take, and we're doing very well. I I am shocked. I have no idea what's going on, and I have to say it's because of the anxious coffee that Nick has made. Oh, man. Just wait for the poops. Uh, A Vitola, the term Vitola refers to the sizes of the cigars, right? So some of the common ones that people hear are Robusto and Corona and Mm. Churchill. Uh, those are all terms for Vitolas. The five Vitolas that Just, the... I want to interrupt you because it's not always about the size of the cigar. That's true. It is the type of cigar. So tell them. That's true. So the five the five Vitolas that, uh, that Herrera Tele comes in are Herrera Tele Miami Robusto Grande, 5x50. Should we go with like... Uh, anglicized pronunciations is it a, for because your name is on the sandwich is this a robusto grande or a robusto grande i mean it depends how do you feel like our listeners in salina would feel i want them to feel like it's robusto grande <laughs> bueno that's a good vitola so robusto grande which is a five by 50 by the way for the uninitiated five by 50 means it is five inches long and 50 64ths of an inch in diameter so uh, close to 5.6. So just you have p- painting a picture here in your mind. Robusto Grande, which is a 5x50. Toro Especial, which is 6x52. Lonsdale Deluxe, a 6.5x44. Piramide Fino, 6.5x54. Short Corona Gorda, which is 5 and 3 quarters by 48. This cigar is exclusive to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, you can visit DrewEstate.com. That's D-R-E-W Estate. Dot com or follow them at, at Drew Estate Cigar on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mike, you had 
this cigar. I know that you're a Drew Estate fan. I am a Drew Estate fan. I'm very glad that they've come on as a part. As a general rule, I want to make sure that to the extent that we can, and we've pulled this off so far, we're only partnering with people and taking money from people whose products we're actually into. Like Santos. Uh, absolutely like Santos Sangria. Santos Sangria. I, I, I actually have told them, like, I'll, listen, I'll give you an ad because I'm out of Santos Sangria. Right. Uh, I have to say that um, after going through this ad, one of the things that sticks out to me the most is how very much I feel like this is softcore Cinemax porn at 11 o'clock. Explain to everyone a rich Ecuadorian <laughs> Sumatran binder how that doesn't sound... Very sexual. Listen, I, I don't know that the people at Drew Estate would object to our <laughs> selling not. them as a sexual product. Yeah. Uh, but in case anybody's curious about what that even means, so Ecuadorian Sumatran binder. So I, Sumatran I, is not a style of... That's the thing. Of sexual style. It's not a sexual style. Got it. I mean, although it depends, some people do sexual things with their cigars. All right. Listen, you open this door. Man, we fucked this ad up already. <laughs> Jeez. No, but uh, but Ecuadorian Sumatran. That might sound confusing to people who know their geography because Ecuador and Sumatra are both places. It is a Sumatran binder, meaning that it is a variety of tobacco uh, named for Sumatra, but it was grown in Ecuador. And you see this a lot in cigars where you have a an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Uh, which means that it's a uh, Connecticut tobacco variety, but grown in Ecuador. People who listen to this podcast are going to hear a smoke. Pretty soon, we're going to have Willy Herrera, the master blender, on as a guest on the podcast. Uh, if you're curious about cigars, that is definitely one you want to tune in for. I have to say that I, I smoke a pretty good wide range of cigars, and I, I gravitate towards Drew Estate a lot. I mm-hmm. think that the consistent how consistent and good those cigars are is like very rare and we've talked about that a lot like you know sometimes you'll get a cigar and then it'll be great and then you go back to get it like six months later and it's just not as good i've never had that experience with drew estate stuff and it's like i I don't know i've i've been a fan for a long time way before they started paying me to say i was a fan (laughs) way no it's true yeah it's true. No, we've been to cigar shops together more than once. You've pointed out Drew Estate things. But that's what I, I, I actually, smoked that, and that's awesome. The red label uh, Herrera Esteli, I smoke every week. Yeah, yeah. A- every week, it'll be the first, like, you know, when I go to one of these places, I'll go. That's the first thing I grab, and then I'll go into something else second yeah. if I decide to smoke two or three that day. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want to make a distinction here. You, you referenced the, the one that has the, the red, red label. label on red it. Red and gold, yeah. And that's the core Herrera Esteli. Which is made in Esteli. Esteli is uh, the Nicaraguan sort of capital of cigar making. The Herrera Esteli Miami that we'd been talking about is actually made, and this is referenced in the copy that we read, but El Titan de Bronce in, in Little Havana. Uh, so this is also a cigar that you want to go after. And I remember I, I uh, passed this along to one of our friends in the uh, social media sphere who was putting together a list of local businesses. And I said, ah. like, hey, you might want to check out El Titan de Bronce. Uh, and El Titan in Little Havana is not just in Miami, but in the country, one of a very, very small number of American cigar factories that actually distribute all over the place. So it's cool that, you know, uh, that this is a product that people everywhere have access to. Um, and, and it comes from a small factory in Miami that has a, a very good reputation, not just all over the country, but all over the world. Somebody gave me one of these Miami ones for Christmas. So it was delicious. Merry Christmas. So, again, this cigar is exclusive to Drew Estate, uh, to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, DrewEstate.com or follow them, Drew Estate Cigar on Instagram, Facebook, 
and Twitter. We expect sales to go up 20% after this ad. I might cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get, were you covered in a newspaper in Venezuela or something? No, Venezuela's a big burger uh, country. You know, Venezuela, Chile is now, Brazil is. Um, So all these countries, and also because I speak Spanish and any of the other, I guess, burger people in the country do not speak Spanish. Makes sense. I think uh, that's probably why they, and I also post pictures of just not only burgers, I write about other, you know, uh, foods. So where'd you go to high school? I went to, you, you didn't know where I went to high no, school? No, I didn't. All right. I graduated from St. Brendan. Woo! One pero. Of the, one of the few males. Pero. <laughs> I went to Belen for four years. Oh! <laughs> what? This yeah. is news to me, too. I am shocked. But you're not, you're not, I get, oh, man. It's gross. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> a lot for me to take in. It's just so much. And this is where Mike walks off the podcast. All right. And oh, that's the my. podcast. Because you're from Columbus. You're going to start with the shenanigans. I didn't start with anything. <laughs> I'm, just, I was, I'm shocked. I didn't know that. I thought <laughs> I thought other things. I have no idea. I went. To, yeah, man. And I, and I, one of my, and, and I'm going to say it, I, I had a great time my last two years. I did not get kicked out of Belen. I, I chose to leave and I, and I regret it. I'm still friends with all the guys, you know. And they include me as part of their class, but you know, I, I graduated from St. Brendan. I made. That's what happens when your parents let you make decisions when you when you shouldn't right, make right. decisions. Right, right. <laughs> for others and all. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't play football like you in Columbus. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. Um, so then, after you graduated from St. Brendan, uh huh, uh-huh. <laughs> what was next? After I went to our betters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We all went to our betters at that time. <laughs> Everyone was at our betters, and now apparently there's a Nathan's down I, the street. I uh, went to Miami Dade for a couple of years. Uh, didn't really do very very much, and then I uh, I started working at Best Buy when Best Buy first opened, um, and I did retail management. Actually, during that time, something I never really discussed is my friend had a, a punk rock band out of Hialeah, and and I financed the release of his forty five. Really, it's called thirty two forty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. My label was called Inkbox. And I look at the graphic because it was so bad. Like, the logo was drawn by me, and it's so bad. Awesome Do you still you have it? I have a vinyl. Can yeah. we make a Pongo Podcast <laughs> t-shirt of that terrible logo? I would love that. Inkbox? That, super yeah. into it. I'm so into that. And, and what I love is uh, I had a mailbox. I think, was it called Mailboxes, et cetera, like before? Like, yeah. So I would go there, and I had a P.O. Box, and I thought for some reason people would send me mail. And I remember going <laughs> with my friend one day, and we opening... And, you know, you go at 3 in the morning thinking, like, let me go at 3 in the morning, you know. And uh, and all of a sudden, I, like, stick my – I remember I was like, no, nothing in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's still empty. It's cool. I got another uh, issue of Cabela's. We're, we're solid. Everything's fine. Yeah, the only catalog I ever got was, I think, the little bags to put the 45s in. You know, like, the, the company that sold me the, the stuff. So, Best Buy, like, when did we get into, like, the whole horror film? Like, when did – how did the Burger Beast come to be? I want to know the fucking – the I want to know, story there. Yeah, the raw story of how you you catapulted yourself into tra- trailblazerness. I, there needs to be a story, something so, so, uh, very right, like, right after that. I very I, majestic. I, I was uh, majestic. I did I did media. I ran the media department at the Best Buy in Westchester. Not not a surprise where I was at. Uh, I also want to say I did work at the Playworld in Westchester, but that has nothing to do with it. But I just want to bring that up. The Best Buy in Westchester <laughs> is that that's the one across the tropical. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been there for yeah, how long? That, that's that's really Westchester. I mean, yeah. let's not talk about people like on the other side that pretend they're in Westchester. Oh, this is a real man. Westchester. That was a big topic last time we did a podcast. Uh, you don't want to get into it with me because the reality is, you know, Frankie's Pizza isn't really in Westchester, but we're not going to get into that. So what is that technically? It's called... Um, 
Olympia Heights. Olympia Heights. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I can so the, why the, the, the I, I I remember Westchester being H Street to Bird, both sides, the Palmetto to the Turnpike. That's right. what I always thought it was. But even though the sign is is kind of makes it seem that way, it's really not when you look it up. Right. Uh, I don't understand why. So it's just easier to just say it's Westchester. But Dave are better. Can I tell you a small like nostalgic story for me about Westchester? Like, do you have to? I will. <laughs> My name is on the fucking sandwich, so I do what I want here, Seth. <laughs> don't you dare question me. So, <laughs> I don't know why, and I've lived in Little Havana and, like, the Grove and the Gables now my entire, like, adult life. But when I drive that whole, like, Westchester side, it's just, like, very nostalgic. I feel, like, very much at home. I know where everything is. I know where all the stuff is. And it's still – I still find it as, like, the most comfortable area in all of Miami to live in. You know, like – if you were to live in any of those homes, you can get anything you want, anywhere you want, at all times within 10 minutes, which in Miami is super fucking rare, right? There's a bunch of good schools there, a bunch of good shit to eat. It's just like, I think it's such an underappreciated neighborhood. I agree, and it's very close to being kind of the center of, of Miami. Of actual Miami, yeah. Yeah, and when people would come to town, you know, other bloggers or other chefs that, that I have befriended, and they came... I'd be like, I got to take you to Arbetters. Like, I got to take you to this place. So I would take them, you know, to El Rey or, or, or whatever I thought kind of underappreciated. And, and one of the main things, and I'm sure we'll get into it after because I want to finish the story of how I got to being Burger Sorry. Beast, But um, I, I, if you notice, I try to stay in the Kendall, Westchester, Hialeah. You don't see me write too much about the beach or Wynwood. I, I don't really delve into those areas. I come Listen, here. They, yeah, don't, they don't need you. They get stroked uh, plenty. Uh, uh, well, that's exactly how I feel. Stroked <laughs> by people that aren't as good at what <laughs> you do or what they're supposed to be doing. So, uh, right around, uh, I, I was 24, 25. I decided I was going to open a movie store. Marcella was my girlfriend at the time and now my wife. Um, so, uh, I, was, I had this idea. I wanted to open a movie store a cult film store in the middle of Westchester on 95th and Bird. Great. And I called it, Oh, the Horror. <laughs> <laughs> now, as you can imagine, the, uh, that store and a sign, we actually, my um, Marcel actually painted a giant, like, eight-foot coffin that said, Oh, the Horror, and we put it on the street on a post. And most people are like, what in the world is, is that? <laughs> yeah. There's a pumpkin on the sign above the store. And uh, I, there's actually a post on my on my on my site where I kind of post anything. I unfortunately lost almost all the pictures I took in the store when my old computer crashed. That's I was able to salvage a few things, and I did come out in the newspaper a few times, so you can see a, a, a younger uh, a, a younger burger beast. Coño, que popular I am. Oh, you can't even turn off the the ringer for the podcast. Wow. No. Get kiddo, bro. I actually let me let me do one better. Let me turn my phone on. Who is that? Is that uh? Is that Larry calling you? <laughs> Alo Cubano. Uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> How's he doing? Good, good. You Man, I haven't good. seen that guy in a long time. Yeah. I'm going to tell him, thank you for interrupting my shit, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I had the story. I did it for a couple of years. Uh, it's one of those things I think I was kind of a little bit ahead of the curve. Hot Topic was kind of starting to get popular. And, Hot Topic. And I, Fuck. and I focused. It was rental sales. And then we sold a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas toys. That was something Marcel and I were into. You know, we were buying toys from Japan and then reselling them there. We had all those giant posters. We had um, a giant Scarface poster I had to deal with every day. A bunch of knuckleheads coming in and imitating him, thinking they were funny and thinking that was the first time I had ever heard, say hello to my little friend. 
And also thinking of the first time I'd ever heard that, that stupid sandwich line that everyone thinks they're the only ones who knows that, li that line in the film. Oh man, I haven't seen that movie in so long, dude. Yeah, well, you should keep it that way. And so, <laughs> I like movies like that look like, like I feel like it's a real Cuban. Yeah. Not, no. I saw Tahaki. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, excuse me, no opinions here? Oh, you, have all, you can have all the opinions. All the opinions here. And um, at the store for a few years, it just it was a, it was a struggle. Um, ended up selling. Um, I didn't even reference this. I, I I play guitar, and I ended up selling all my guitars just to pay the rent. And it became one of those things. Like I ran out of essentially things. Ran out of things to sell that I could use to keep paying the rent. And, right. and we, we we had to unfortunately shut down. And um, I went back to my retail life, and I just got to the point. I, I was. Um, When the Burger Beast blog started, I was at Metro PCS. I was the store manager in Coral Gables. If you really look at the original posts, mostly were in Coral Gables because it was me going on my lunch break trying to find somewhere to eat in the in the in the area. But it was my frustration with the management in the company um, that made me decide I needed to do something different. And Marcella said, "I think you should write a blog because people would always ask me, hey, where do you think I should go eat?' I kind of knew um, places just that had the best this or the best that." And I couldn't figure out what I wanted to call it. I wanted to call it, now, uh, now that's a tasty burger because I love Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. And so I, I end up, uh, she's like, you should start a blog. This is around February 2008. And she's the one who said Burger Beast. Um, she's like, you should call it Burger Beast. And I, I went, it was available on GoDaddy. I bought it. That was in February of 2008, and I didn't know I didn't know anything about blogging. I didn't know, even know how to start a blog, and I went to a place called Eastside Pizzeria, which I grew up going there when I would go visit my cousins in North Miami, and it used to be called Flora's when I was a kid. As you know, I like to throw in some history. Yeah, no, throw in all the history. I like I to it. pepper, pepper yeah. it in. <laughs> so put a little pepper on there, a little pepper, a little and, um, pepper. And so I went there, and so someone told me, you got to get the meatball sub. It's very good. I go to the meatball sub, and then I see, like, one of those cheesy, like, signs like something's on sale of the a cheeseburger and then i asked them what's what's up with the cheeseburger and they're like oh we hand patty the burger we bake our own bun and i go a pizza place making like a hand patty burger fresh bun i ordered it and it was so good i took out my motorola razor and i snapped oh, man, a picture the razor. <laughs> snapped a picture of that in the pizza how was the do you have the picture of that i do do you want oh, to see it oh man i would love <laughs> to see that on a razor What year is this? 1964? Well, you just made me turn my phone off, so... Oh, no. I, I, no, not off. You don't turn off. Just, you know, like, you don't even need to turn, like, the sound off. Well, we'll, we'll get to it once once this this high-tech thing gets back on. And okay. um, so I went there, and I got home, and that night, which was, I believe it was September 10th, I opened a blogger account. I started as The Burger Beast, and I just did my first post. I want to be clear that I never meant for the Burger Beast to be me. It was actually just meant to be that was the name of the blog. People just assumed that I had just named myself right. the Burger Beast. And so they would call me Beast or Burger Beast. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, I'm not going to battle. That's like an uphill battle that I didn't want to get into. You know, here's the picture of the pizza from that day. <laughs> that shit. That's from that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then. How was the pizza compared to the burger, though? Well, the pizza I always found that to be yeah. good, you know. Um, 
It's funny when I look at these things. Motorola I... Razor. Wait, well, but what year is this? No, 2008. I don't know why I feel like the Razor from like 2000. No, no. I no? Mean, maybe there, there you go. Maybe there was a Razor then too, but... There you go. Oh, man, what a picture. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. East Side Burger. Wow, it's such a shit picture. (laughs) And the best and the funniest part, back then, that was like, oh shit, there's food pictures on the web. (laughs) You didn't even have to do a cheese pull or anything on this thing. I've never done a cheese pull. There's no bikini. And and what what, what gets really funny is like when I decide I want to up my game, I got a digital camera. And I'm in restaurants and they're all disgruntled because I'm taking my my phone out to take pictures. I understand it. And some of, some of the funnier things, uh, because I always kind of covered, because of the historical side, I always covered, like, some of the fast food stuff. When Burger King was debuting their Whopper bar on the beach, I went there with a friend of mine. And then I we went in there, took pictures, and they lost their shit over it. Oh, yeah? and, and we ordered food, and I was having, like, a Budweiser with my Whopper. And they actually told me that I had to leave because we had been snapping pictures. Oh, it's funny. It's like we had already taken the pictures. I don't know. I don't, I don't know really what, why would they have cared at that point? I already snapped right. the pictures. I just bought this food. You're going to try and kick me out. And we're like, oh, I promise I will not. I, I, I don't remember what, what, what promise. And then I also, as I was leaving the Burger King by their headquarters, same thing when they had just redone the inside, they told me to leave. But mostly it was, you didn't want, they didn't, people didn't want, because camera phones were garbage, as you saw. Yeah. So then I started carrying a little digital camera. And then you're in a restaurant. Now, of course, it's so commonplace back then. Uh, now to take they, out a digital now they camera. Now up a booth. Yeah. How, sir, can I get you a booth? Can, I, can, <laughs> can, can we put extra cheese in your whatever the fuck you're eating so you could pull the fuck out of it? And, and it, was just a, it was just a different world. I remember posting. Uh, I kind of spent most of my days defending the fact that I wasn't getting the food for free. And um, now it's a different because now it kind of reversed. It's like people don't want to fucking ask. Hey... Are you getting that food for free? People just are like I, I still don't want free food. I want to pay for the food. I want to write you're about whoever I like. Fucking guy. I'm well, sorry, but asking for fucking freebies makes you a fucking shit person. There's yeah. restaurants every day are struggling to survive, and that whole like, well, we're doing a service to you, man. Fuck you and your service. That is not real service. Like you don't even understand the shit that you're fucking talking about half the time, and that's the reality of it. Like. I'm going on a tangent, and I'm sorry. I'm interrupting your <laughs> fucking story. My bad. I've had a long day. All right. Me, but the reality of it now. is is that someone like you, and I've said this several times, the things that you write about, you know a lot about. You Correct. know history about them. Bro, we've been, we have been texting at 3 in the morning about fritas before. And How dare you? That's not that, true. That is absolutely don't, accurate. You don't even have my phone number. Fuck off. <laughs> you remember the, the frita carrito that I always talked about wanting yeah, to do, and yeah. then you sent me this whole oh thing. Oh, my God. I got a badass picture someone sent me of a carrito the other day. You're oh, gonna yeah? You're going to lose your mind. Yes, but yes, I do remember that conversation. But if you're it, saying, like, the things that you actually care about, you write about, and you know a lot about. So your opinion, albeit I disagree sometimes, <laughs> is very accurate. You know what I'm saying? We're, we got sidetracked. This is very normal for us to get sidetracked. Where were we? We're talking about the, the, beast the burger beast origin story. The, or- the burger with the story. pizza. The, the, the burger with the pizza. Uh, the and then ra- the, first, the Motorola the razor. Dreadful picture that you took of a fucking burger. <laughs> well, I'm sure the next few pictures are just as dreadful. Yeah, just- <laughs> yeah. But well, I mean, did you always have like a um, a thing for burgers, or was it just always, like yeah, yeah? Oh, yeah, you did. Always, always. 
and, and one, one of the things that I, I want to be clear about with my site and even my Instagram, I don't consider myself a photographer. So I'm not, oh, no, I'm I... not preoccupied with getting things perfect. Uh, I'm just trying to get them how they actually look. My wife will be like, Marcelo's like, oh my God, I can't believe you posted that. Did you see that? You could, you could have. And I'm like, I don't really care. I'm just trying to post. This is what's happening now. And that, that's what it is. I'm not trying to do That's why I don't care about cheese bowls or any of that stuff. I'm like, if you follow me, it's because you want to find out someplace cool that you should go eat, eat from, yeah. some great business you should support. That's the reason to follow me. If you follow me because you want to see beautiful, and sometimes I get lucky, you yeah. know. Yesterday I put a really beautiful fritanga picture of the carne asada. I don't know if you guys saw it. I, I did. didn't even take that. My wife did. <laughs> Makes sense why it's a beautiful picture. <laughs> well, she's Nicaraguan also, so I think it's got some pride right. in the. I, I don't know whether Mike has eaten it, but I brought him his first nacatamal. I have it. I actually right. have that with chivo. That someone oh, yeah. brought me, uh, ready to be eaten today after this podcast. I love taking people who have never had a fritanga experience to a fritanga so they can get abused. Because abused. The, Nicarag- the, well, the Nicaraguan ladies, it's not that they're mean. They're just like direct and to the point. Yeah. They're like, proximo. <laughs> because if you go to a Cuban restaurant, and th- this is said by, m- by my wife, Marcella. She's like, you go to a Cuban restaurant, mi amor. Yeah, they call you up. Yeah, yeah. You Very, go to a ne- they're like next, 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 like like some movie. Little, little churraco Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I took um Where's the best fritanga in Miami? Caña Brava, which is the one the, the picture I posted yesterday. I love Didn't, that one. Don't you and your wife have a big uh disagreement about this or is that No, I actually reposted because I've been revamping my site the last year during the pandemic. I just revamped the post about that. The story about that is that because I'm Cuban, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on Nicaraguan food. That's so with her family. So what happens is I tell her, hey, and I wrote about this on the blog. I'm like, oh, my God, I saw this fritanga. It looks like it's brand new. We got to go there. And she's like, she pretty much blows me off. Like, who cares? Like, because you're, you're, you know, and then I find that amusing because I, uh, I get it. I guess I, I get it. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm not going to lose sleep over something. Like that. But I mentioned to her a couple of times, a few weeks later. Her she gets she's like, I'm with her. She's with her sister-in-law. She just discovered a new fritanga. I'm gonna bring you food, and I go, which one? And I was like, unbelievable, the one that I told her. The to one eat. that you told her to go to. <laughs> and so, that's the in question the same. It's incredible the influence that people want to take, <laughs> and then not take, because they're like, no, but your opinion's gonna be better than your opinion, <laughs> so I'll take it. And I, then I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I mean, like I also like I kind of stay away from using the word authentic with things. Because I'm like, I'm Cuban, but I didn't live in Cuba, so I don't really know that something the dish is particularly authentic. Well, I mean, to find I mean, true I, authenticity is very difficult. So when you talk about Mexican, oh, you want real deal Mexican, go to the Redlands or whatever. I'm like, look, I know Mexicans who go to Mi Rinconcito, Mexicano, which I love. Yeah. And they tell me that's real deal. So I don't know who to believe. I've been to Mexico a handful of times. I mean, I'm not an expert, but there's things that obviously I, I know about. I, I love tamales. That's something I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting back, because I keep deviating into different This uh, is food. the world of deviation. <laughs> you just deviate off uh, subject. Things are happening. So I started the blog. I, I was working full time. Um, I remember, I think it was like the third or fourth post. Someone commented, so I didn't know. Someone left a comment. Obviously, I was putting it on my personal Facebook. Uh, some, someone I didn't know left a comment, and I was like, Who's that? I, I hadn't even considered the fact that people I didn't know were reading what I was writing. And then it kind of started growing. And by j- July, so the, the blog was at, I don't know, maybe seven months, eight months. No, no, my math is bad. 
Ten months. <laughs> Ten months. Got it. Not seven. I would eat at John Martin's Irish pub a lot. It was across the street from the store manager. I knew the owners. I knew the general manager. And I said, hey, do you mind if I do something here? Uh, just invite some of the people who read my blog. It was a Monday night. They were normally dead on Mondays. And we had 52 people show up. And that's when I was like, wow. That's cool. That was in July 2009. Uh, I, had done, I had just done my first road trip in February of 2009. That I went to Atlanta with a few friends of mine to eat at some burger joints I wanted to try out. So, it, like, you could kind of see the, the blog itself already forming, like, what I was going to be doing with events. And then, when it turned one year, I, want, I, I always would throw myself a, part, a birthday party. So I said, I should throw a party for the one year of the blog. And I decided to call it the Burgies. Because there's an Emmys oh, yeah. and there's all that stuff, so I would call it the Burgies. And I decided to make it an award thing. I, I asked all the food bloggers that existed at that point. So like, it was like three. Uh, no, it was, it was more than three, but it was like Steve Barry. Uh, Steve Barry. Uh, Chow Father. Oh. Uh, Rod Nezer. Uh, yeah, you know. ever complicated Chow Father. <laughs> Rod Nezer, which oh, is Oh, my God. We could human. do a whole episode of my relationship with the Chow Father. And so, <laughs> Ro- Rosendorf, um, David Rosendorf, of course. What an amazing human, David Rosendorf. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even though he even says, like, him and I agree probably on, like, 5% of things. Yeah, but that's cool. <laughs> Being able to disagree and still be friends. Mm-hmm. Look at me and Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I decide, I get all these people to vote. I decide I was going to do awards that kind of didn't exist. I did, obviously, the obvious best burger. I did best frita. I did best croqueta, best pizza. Who won best frita that year? And Mago. Wow. I mean, Mago won. We had best croqueta was Islas. That's when I first met Eileen and John. I mean, they were they were just they've been dominating they were, that were, market they, for a long were, time, bro. They were just kids. If I show you the picture, you'd be like, "Wow!" Uh, no, like, I mean, we're I mean, they're still young. So I can only imagine 2009, <laughs> fucking 12 years ago, yeah. even younger. Yeah, yeah, they were they were. That's why I feel like they're like my cousins because I've like seen them get, you know get older. When they took a food truck that they uh, that I came over and I sat down with them and they were doing the Cuban cube. Yeah, I remember. A lot of people kind of forget the Cuban cube and kind of I think. That's where I think the inspiration, I think, I don't know because it never told me, I would. I think the inspiration for Finca came from there. Like, it seemed like there were, some of those dishes kind of became the Finca dishes, uh, initial uh, menu. Yeah, I mean, they translated much better to an actual location than they did on a food truck. Yeah. I mean, I used to go up to their truck, and even though they had, I think they had a thing called the cowwich or something like that, and I would only just get croquetas. I'll take croquetas. <laughs> I mean, the croquetas are amazing. Yeah. Honestly, the croquetas, and I don't know if she has them at Finca, but the croquetas at Amelia, the oxtail ones, are fucking incredible. I'm not sure. I haven't I haven't uh, been there in a while. And usually, I'm gone to... I've become the drive-thru La Canaria guy. I go through the drive-thru Have you? and just get croquetas. I actually... I can't tell you last time I went through the drive-thru. Randomly. Totally off subject. Before we get back to your story, which is super important since you're the guest. But <laughs> the croquetas... Gracias, at, abuela. <laughs> <laughs> the Floridita croquetas. Are fucking delicious. They're like toletones, dude. They're like the ham one is like <laughs> yeah. And then, well, whenever I get there, right, they're always out, so they make them fresh, and fucking amen. Like, you go to I, which one? The Westchester one? No, I go to the one all the way by Kexal. Yeah, the one in Kendall, like deep, deep, deep Kendall, right by the airport. And man, like, always out. They always take twenty minutes, and I don't care because honestly, they're in the top. Four croquetas in the city when they come out like that. They are fucking delicious, man. Love them. You know what they have that's really good there? Tell me. I don't eat seafood, by the way. I know, and I hate that. That all they have is like a bunch of seafood that I don't want. Fettuccine Alfredo is very good there. (laughs) 
It's so fucking random, man. Well, because I looked at their menu and I was in the Ventanita in Westchester and I get croquetas and then I'm like, what could I possibly want here? And I see fettuccine Alfredo. I'll give it a shot. So did you get a fettuccine Alfredo from a Ventanita? Yes. That's <laughs> incredible. Oh, that's that's how, like, that's only a thing that will ever happen in Miami. I feel like that's another field trip. We got to tack on to our... What's in our field trip category right now? Uh, well... At the risk of deviating this too much more, uh, we, <laughs> we're all about deviating. Yeah, we, we've talked about we doing, uh, doing a fritanga. Oh, yeah. Specifically for a nagatamal, because the one that I brought you I thought was good, but it's not a restaurant nagatamal. Okay. So, um, we, uh, we've got this croqueta, and then something came up with, oh. with Derek. Randomly, I think we should take a road trip to Arbetters also. Sure. Just because I love them. Okay. Yeah, why not? So I mean, our betters is amazing. As long as we're right? driving around eating. You're not going to go to Nathan's on the street? No, I'm not. Neither am I. Never. I mean, you'll never Fucking go? Ne- I was going to ask you if you've actually Fucking gone. never. <laughs> okay, so to get people in Salina, Kansas, because we have a huge following in Salina. We have a total of like 10 followers in Salina. Oh, well, they you know, was... that's good for you because I've got following in Lansing, Michigan. What? <laughs> we're about to tap all kinds of fucking markets. Ad money is about to start flowing in here. It's crazy. Um our betters, legendary hot dog spot in Miami. It's on Bird, right? Bird? Mm-hmm. Bird and 89th? 87. Yeah. No, but it's right after 87th. Right, but that's still 87th. It's not 87th. All right. If it's if after say, 87th, it's so. not on 87th. If you say so. No, it's accurate. If it's not on 87th, it's after 87th. I think so. you're just trying to argue with, with me something you're not even sure about. No, I'm accurate. It's, <laughs> it's got to be. It's That has to be. It's it's mathematics. 87th is here. It's two blocks over. What about the Papa John's that used to be a KFC? What, what's the address of that? Fucking hell, man. That's crazy. You let me down. Anyways, our better's been around for how long? You know. If I had to guess. No, you don't guess. You know. You know. 1959. 1959. Our better's is at 8747. That does not make any sense. Because it's after. It's after 87. Well, it has to eventually get to 88. It's between 87th and 88th. It's It's not really a block. Unless it was literally at the intersection. it's, It's right after the bank. And by the way, that bank used to be a royal castle. Not that you asked, but I'm going to let you know that anyway. <laughs> Our better's been there for 60 years, right? And they've been... I, I remember when I was at Columbus in between three a days, going to, going to Our Betters, getting a hot dog with my dad when I was a kid. The two spots that my dad would take me were either Linda Subs. Remember Linda Subs on 87? Mm-hmm. That's something else now, right? And Our Betters. And the move was at Linda's, get a cheeseburger bomb. Remember the cheeseburger bomb? It's basically a chopped cheese. Yeah. And then um, at like Ar- a loose meat hamburger, but go ahead. Pretty, it is a loose meat hamburger. Yeah, in a in a roll. But and then at Arbetters, it's still my order to this day is a kraut dog with mustard and chili cheese fries. That's always been the move. And then Nathan's hot dog, which I know very little about. I know very little about Nathan's. Mm-hmm. Opens up a large store two blocks away. Right. Not even during a pandemic. It, it took them a few years to get open. I mean, they were well. That to be mall open. was under construction, right? Well, I believe the guy who owns the property is the guy who's franchising the Nathan's. The guy, so it's like the guy who owns the property is actually the guy who built out the Nathan's, and he owns a franchise. So basically, the guy who owns the property leased out the thing because he was like, "I'm going to fuck over our betters." That's what it would appear to be. That's, I mean, if we're calling spades a spade, that's what it is. My feeling I got is no interest in, my, in Westchester, so they're not trying to get me to open a restaurant there, so I don't give a fuck my, if we call this guy out. My feeling is you could have opened anywhere in the city. So if you've decided to open two blocks down from our betters, 
it was not with good intent. Of course not. I am, of course, not of course, I am friends with David Arbetter. I took high offense to that. I will never set foot in that. In never. That Nathan's. Never. never. He knows it. He doesn't care. He told me he doesn't care if I go. He has actually gone to the to the Nathan. And then he David, actually the other David day, he, has. Yeah, David has. And he said, you want to go with me? And I go, I will not. What did David say about their hot dogs? You should probably have him on and ask him. I know. <laughs> Listen, that's a good. The producer. Producer. <laughs> David Arbetter. Future guest. Absolutely. Come on, man. Hey, I ask you all the time who you want to have on. Yeah, but you never. Okay, or that's not should also I never, Rene, I never should also have Renee from Frankie's Pizza. <laughs> These are all great ideas. You should produce this thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got enough problems. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. that's a good point. So, and then we actually have someone on live here, Deandra. Wonderful. Deandra? Never Deandra. heard of her. Yeah, no, you have. You've heard of Deandra. She's amazing. <laughs> She's awesome. She, yeah. she would like to know if a hot dog is a sandwich. Oh. Absolutely. It's a sandwich. It is. Yes. Yeah. What was my take on that? I don't even remember. Did <laughs> I say hot dog was a sandwich? I, I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, at, at this point, Carlos Frias is labeling fucking everything a sandwich, so yes. I don't even fucking he, know. He, he'll just let me know that he, he does believe. He wanted me to bring a pastelito and tell you it was a sandwich here. <laughs> That's absolutely not accurate, yeah? A pastelito is absolutely not a sandwich. It's a pastry, for, yeah. for fuck's sake. No, he, he definitely got out of control. <laughs> oh, it's totally out of control. At this point, it's hit mainstream media, and we're going to start cheese pulling bread, all these sandwiches. Anything on bread is a sandwich. Anything on bread? Yeah, in between two pieces of bread, I think. It's but a is a is a is a pita bread considered bread in your in your eyes? If it's got bread in the name, I guess. I mean, I don't know, but it's not like white bread. Right. I swore to myself I was not going to do this. Today. <laughs> I swore to myself you I brought wasn't. It up. Well, I'll tell you Deandra what. brought it up. I didn't I'll, bring it up. I'll tell you what the real problem is today. I wanted to eat some hot dogs, and I only had pita bread. And I considered stuffing them into the pita bread. No, but that's totally and fine. And then I thought, and then I thought better of it, and I didn't do it. No, then you should have just <laughs> at that point you should have cooked some rice and just put the hot dogs in the rice. As long as not I put those disgusting sachichas from the cans, yes. Stop that! That's not <laughs> disgusting. Those are amazing. Vienna sausages are incredible. Get a sear on them. Then throw yeah, in your rice. A little scallion, That's a little cool. lime. So I'll t- uh, I, I, I think they're so revolting. There's this girl who told me that she was going to make me pigs in a blanket, and I was excited. She goes, I'm going to bring it to your house. This is when I live with my parents. Shows up with a tray. I'm like, oh my god, she made me pigs in a blanket, and she made fucking salchichitas in a fucking blanket. Disgusting. And you should have seen the look on her face when I go, I will not eat that. Oh, man, uh-huh. that is rough. I'm man. hardcore, baby. That no is way. rough. Anyways, let's talk about how you became you a should, trailblazer. You should, you should put that on, on your menu at Chuck's. What? <laughs> I, I mean, I thought about uh, on a blanket. <laughs> I definitely thought about. I mean, it's Cuban fried rice. You put manchego cheese? Then you can charge forty five dollars or whatever. <laughs> the regular Manjago cheese is cheap as fuck. I mean, listen. Let's talk about how you're a trailblazer, man. Stop. You're. You know what? I bought a wheel of Manjago cheese out of Mago for twenty bucks. <laughs> Manche- I just Man- that. I, that, listen, that's Man- my last Manjago. Man- Manjago cheese with guava is fucking delicious. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good time. The guava paste, the really bad one. Guava George loves those. <laughs> He's actually the one who sent me that picture of the of the frita cart. Of course he did. I think the only person that knows more history, as much history as you, would probably be. I, I, I love that guy, but he he can be a little too much. When we did, what? When no. we I've when, never seen that. When Carlos Frias was a judge at Croqueta Palooza, I'm on stage trying to rally all the judges up so we can announce the winner. I'm like, where's this freaking guy? I'm like, Carlos. I'm on the mic, Carlos. Has anyone seen Carlos Frias? I know Carlos Frias is here, and then. I see Carlos in the distance coming, going like this. 
And when he gets up, he whispers to me, he's like, Guava George, he wouldn't let me go. I was caught in a conversation. Yeah. yeah. I'm like here waiting for him to get on stage to announce the winner. He's here. I've been, I've, been t- I've been telling Nick forever <laughs> that he should meet with Guava George so we could do like a, a fruit segment every, uh, and he's still, he's just avoiding it at all costs. He's, I, I think like, that you should have him on and maybe do your first six hour episode. <laughs> I actually, when I considered having him on, I think I was just going to introduce the episode and walk away. I was just going to leave. When I told Mike, and, I, and I've told Guava George, I actually said, you know, I would love to actually just do a whole separate thing. like give. But there is no five-minute segment with Guava George. That, that You can have a weekly three-hour podcast, and I think some people would be into it. I would be into it. But, uh, but then we ran into his secret identity issues. Yeah, no, then he doesn't want them to know who he is. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want the, he, doesn't, he doesn't want the guava manufacturers to know his true identity. He doesn't want the guava manufacturers. Well, he he he's such a character. He told me I've been investing. This was a couple of years ago, and I haven't heard from the story yet. Because I've been investigating all the lies in the Cuban bakeries. With the, they're lying because the bags say they have lard and they don't have lard. And he told me he had a list of which bakeries had lard. I know it's funny. I think he's being serious. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it hundred percent. If anyone's got a list of who's actually using manteca and who's not, it's Guava George. For the, the Salina crowd, this is Cuban bread is made with lard. Yes. This is a thing that in case people are not aware. That's what I so heard. That, yeah, so now when I go to a bakery and I see the bag says lard, I'm like, I wonder. I want Guava George. It's not on the list. It's not on Guava George's list. On the approved so. list. He should make an approved list. He should approved make Approved Cuban bread list. Yeah, top ten list. Top ten list by Guava George would, take, would be such a long read. It would be such a long read. All right, so let's go back. <laughs> to where? I don't even know where we were. Yeah. We were talking about, um, God, we're at the Pizza Burger. You had your first thing at John Martin's, right? 52 yeah. people showed up. It yeah, was that was amazing. until I, then I did the Burgies. Mm. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I had actually, at this point, spent money. I had some posters made. Um, didn't know how many people would show up. I was actually so stressed. John Martin's used to have a back room. I was there with a few friends of mine. And I was like, no one's going to freaking show up to this thing. And I go out, and the owner's like, this place is packed. You can't even walk in here. And I then started hyperventilating because I saw so many people in there. Oh, yeah? Really no space to walk. I had to kind of go around the back way. And uh, I was off to the races, I guess, from there. I realized that I was on to something. You know, people were, I think, looking for something different than what was going on. Was that 2010? That was still 2009. That was September. So it was a year. And within a year of that, the food truck thing kind of took off. I was already writing about burgers for a year, and then the food truck thing took off, and then I knew all the food truck owners because the first about six food trucks all had burgers. I was the only one who had their contact, and the Miami Herald approaches me. Yeah. The Sakaya food truck burger was amazing. Yeah. It was so fucking good. I still, I still think about that because that was such a great time. That burger at that time was so fucking good. It was. And I remember meeting him at Sakaya. Um, I went there, wrote about it, and I said it would be great if he had a double. The next day I come back. And he, if he tells you, if Richard tells you the story, he says that he saw me. He goes, I knew this. I knew you looked like a beast. I knew it had to be you. And so I order. I was with a friend of mine. We order single the regular burger. And then he adds a, se- a second patty. Because of what I had written, and then I realized that was way too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was excessive. That burger is a—it's a fucking mouthful, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that's when I actually originally met you when I was working on Richard's truck. Is that when we met? I think so. I remember re- the first time we us really having a conversation was at 
at that that pre, that bread place in, in Corbin. We don't speak about that place <laughs> on here. He who that? must not be named. It was right there. Yeah. Right off of Miracle Mile. Yeah. <laughs> not there anymore. Um <laughs> No, I feel like I met you when I wor- was working on the food truck with Richard because I worked at Sakaya also, and then I worked for Norman also. That was the time when I had, like, three jobs. And, um, man, those fr- food truck days were amazing. They were like... You know Norman beat uh, Emerald in arm wrestling? <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, he sent I- me a picture. Did he? <laughs> Do you have the picture? I-, I think it might be on my blog. I interviewed Norman. I used to have a, a segment for interview- interviewing people. And I said, I knew that he was friends with Emerald, so I thought it would be funny. I said, who would win? Not knowing they had actually arm wrestled. And, and he responded, I did. And the, and the picture's him, like, with the arm down on, on Emerald. I believe it. Norman's hardcore, man. That's my mentor. Just got to kick it up a notch. Yeah. Oh, no. Hey. Bam! <laughs> Bam! Bam! Remember when that guy was the only thing on Food Network? Oh, man. Well, he wasn't the only thing, but he was the biggest thing. Right, right. You well, know? I mean, it seemed like his show was always on, or maybe I just happened to be flipping through at the time. I mean, it was his was, like, on during, like, prime time hours, and then, you know, like, when they play reruns at, like, 3.30 in the morning, there was playing just more Emerald. And then all of a sudden, Richard's best friend came on the scene, and then it all changed. <laughs> Guy Fieri just took I, over I the scene. I met him at, at the South Beach Wine and Food Festival that year. Guy... My wife was at, I don't take pictures with anybody. I don't want to be in a picture. And she's like, you got to take a picture with him. I'm like, I don't want a picture with anybody. And then she goes, can you take a picture with my husband? And then he actually puts his arm around both of us. Okay. And I have a picture from that day. But he's actually very nice. And I've met him since a couple of other times. He's been very cool. Even though he kind of got angry at me when I was at Latin House because I kind of interrupted the filming twice. Perfect. (laughs) Love that. I actually have come to a place that I very much respect and like Guy Fieri a lot. He's a cool, cool dude, man. I mean, he's done a lot of he's done a lot more than a lot of like big name fine dining chefs have in the last year and a half. I would say. Yeah, I mean, everybody else, all they're doing is just opening restaurants in in Miami. So I know. I mean, you know, are you coming to uh, pillage the neighborhood, or are you coming to be a part of it? That's the whole. That's the question, right? That's the other thing. I don't go to any of those restaurants either. You don't. So what if they have, like, a famous burger? You're not going to go? Who cares? You know, I went to... Um, you haven't asked me why don't I eat Shake Shack? Wait, you don't eat Shake Shack? Huh? I do. Oh, you do? But I would say, but Shake Shack integrated itself in the, in the neighborhood and gets involved with charities locally. I think okay. I think Shake Shack is... Yeah, they are that. It's kind of like... I don't like... Okay. Let me frame this. <laughs> How do you feel about Five Guys and Shake Shack? As far as what the difference is, or which one I like. I mean, or? do you enjoy one more than the other? Are there several? Are there severe differences in in the two of them, etc.? Yeah, I th- I think a closer comparison would be Burger Pie and Shake Shack, not Five Guys and Time Out. <laughs> uh, Peter wants to know about the butterfly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look! He claims that I used to do the butterfly dance, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Peter, one of our former uh, guests here on the podcast, is claiming that Seth does the butterfly dance. Is there? He any also actual- claims that I wear short shorts that I go like I pick them up like this, and then I, I would do the dance. Absolutely not true. Don't let him off the hook. He says not about the short shorts. About just <laughs> <laughs> don't let him off the hook. He did it once. He's, he says he's, he's, you know, I've never done any such thing. I got plenty of stories about that, dude. I mean, Do you have want... plenty of stories about Peter? I got plenty of stories about Mr. Santa Maria. Yeah? 
I saw about, uh, Guillermo del Toro. I played a good prank on him. Peter, so here, I'm, let's just embarrass Peter while we're, while we're Perfect. on Perfect. We're about so, to embarrass former guest on the podcast. Peter, Peter Santa used Maria, to shop at my store. famous artist guy who does all kinds of famous things. He did a bunch of the posters for my events, too. And so, so Peter used to shop at my movie store. Uh-huh. So I've known him for, for, for a bit. He was re- writing a zine, a movie zine, and he was writing, he was obsessed is, with Hellboy. Wait, what, what is a zine? Oh, a zine, yeah. This is like, uh, like free blogs. <laughs> when, when everybody had to, like, it was like Xerox copy. What right. was that, 1974? Like, this would have been. Peter, how old are 2005, you, maybe. Yeah. Whenever Hellboy 1 came out is when he was doing. He got to interview uh, Guillermo del Toro and uh, oh, yeah? Ron Perlman for the zine. That's cool. I was the one who introduced him to Guillermo del Toro when I used to have my store because I've been a fan of his from the beginning. Uh, that wasn't a name drop. That's just a fact. Name and, uh, drop. <laughs> I didn't know him personally. Now, Peter was friends with the guy personally. Peter went to the set of his, of his film. He can he can actually uh, tell you that. Oh. But so Peter Peter's girlfriend at the time told me a story that when Peter was younger, he was obsessed with the Foo Fighters. And when the song... Hero came out. He believed that Dave Grohl wrote the song uh-huh. about his thoughts about Dave Grohl. Like, he's my hero. That's a little bit of delusion. Um, I found that very funny. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he thought Dave Did Grohl. Did you write like a love letter to Dave Grohl? Dave Grohl, I'm, who he's never met, somehow wrote a story, uh, a song about him. But did you write a lot of letters to him? <laughs> he's not telling it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course I'm not. What a coincidence. <laughs> so what happens is he's in, he. And look, this shows you that. With, <laughs> I always say this shows you that I'm a dick because he actually gets Guillermo Toro to call me so I could talk to him on the phone. And Guillermo del Toro's talking to me, and the first thing I say, "Hey, I need you to play a prank <laughs> on Peter." Peter. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> no, I want to do this. I want to do this. I no, he's gonna say his. Very, he's gonna start talking like this. Peter, right. <laughs> let, let me tell it right. He's not right. Oh, here we go. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Put me on speaker. I'm uh, trying to put you on speaker. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where the actual speaker yeah, is. Yeah, what you were doing there was good. Okay, go ahead, Peter. Okay, this is a real story. <laughs> Seth was wearing regular shorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, the real story was, okay, and, I, and I've told this story so many times because I know what Seth's capable of. <laughs> I'm going to let Seth finish the story, but I'm just going to give the background and then Seth can circle back around and have the glory, okay? I love but that. But what happened was... As a kid, like after the first Foo Fighters album came out, so how, what year was that? 95? 95. It was 95. The first album, right? I I went on a road trip with my dad and my brother. We get to Virginia, Maryland, around there where Dave Grohl's from. And uh, we go to, you know, some bullshit little guitar store. It was New Year's Day. We were there for the holidays. They had gone into hiding Foo Fighters to do their next album. This is pre-social media. Apparently, Dave Grohl cut off all his hair between the two albums. We walk into the store, and Dave Grohl is sitting there with his new haircut, playing guitar. There's no one in the store. It's just me, my brother, were kids. I think this must have been 96. I must have been 13 years old, max. And uh, I go, that's Dave Grohl. We walk up to him. I go, are you Dave Grohl? He's like, yeah. He was super nice to us. He, he talked to us. He autographed some pics. It was the coolest thing. On the way, leaving the store, oh, he bought... A guitar, a super fucking expensive guitar ca- uh, cash that he used for that video on Monkey Wrench. It was red. On the way leaving the shop, I, you know, we kind of drove off and he was leaving and we kind of like just like, waved him off. Like, hey, all right, man, nice meeting you. See you later. My dad was driving us. 
years later, okay, <laughs> I don't know what the context was or how it came up, but I confessed to my then girlfriend at the time that I go, there's a part of me that wonders if he thought about us that day <laughs> when he wrote that song at like from our perspective like oh there goes my hero that was the extent of it and i told that to my ex-girlfriend in the utmost confidence I'm like please never repeat this because everyone's gonna think i'm fucking insane and, and i'll never hear the end of it now who does she fucking have the gall to say it to the one person you should never tell a fucking secret story to is this motherfucker right here the burger beast he said he beast. says you're he says you're backpedaling the whole story right now and wait Seth, if there's more to it feel free to embellish you are getting old though so have to be careful with your memory the Look. truth is though the, that's not this is not even the funny and the embarrassing part this is just the background i'm gonna go back on instagram so i can watch okay Seth tell the rest of the story it was very good Okay. All right, Peter. This has been great. You you need to you need to come back on the show some other time when you're not doing other things that make you a lot of money. Um, and we're back from the things. <laughs> that was our first ever live phone call. This podcast is it, it's been off the rails for a long time. Except not even drinking. It's nobody, nobody listening knows what's going on. No, I don't know. It's fine. I don't even know where we're at. Oh, so we're saying the so story. So we're talking about Peter. Peter influenced Dave so, Grohl so, so and really same, set the tone for Foo so, Fighters so long term. So the same thing. The, his girlfriend tells me that story, and she says, "Peter's going to try calling you from with Guillermo del Toro on the phone." And I said, "If you have him call me, I will ask. I will tell him the story about Peter and the Foo Fighters." So. Guillermo del Toro is like, coño, because he called me by, you know, my, my real name, Serafín. So Guillermo del Toro is like, coño, Serafín, coño, Serafín. And then I tell him, hey, can you do me a favor? <laughs> He's like, claro, claro. And I go, can you ask Peter if the Foo Fighters wrote a song about him? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he can't deny that's exactly what I did. And Ron Perlman was there when he when this happened. And he's, his girlfriend had done, they told me after, man, that was the funniest thing. Because when they said it to him, Peter just stayed quiet. Like, obviously, and this is what I say, he went out of his way to make sure I could talk to Guillermo del Toro because you know how much I love it. And the whole time I'm trying to think how I can play a prank on him. Oh, <laughs> man. And that and that that forever has influenced the Foo Fighters' career, <laughs> and they owe everything to Peter Santamaria. And look at that. They should now be on the podcast. At 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. that day. To, to set the record straight. To set the record straight. At 2 a.m., Peter calls me. And I go, he calls me that day. I go, hello? And he goes, I hate you. And he hangs up on me. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Peter doing that. That's uh, The blood left on my body in that moment. <laughs> That's all he said here. I don't know what that means. So much. So intense, man. This is yeah. intense. Anyways, back to you being a trailblazer. <laughs> So, this, I think this episode is going to be six hours. <laughs> it, I mean, it depends. I mean, if we add Guava George, we're going into a marathon. I can call him up right now. No, <laughs> two, we're not adding another live feed to this. No, let's be serious. For like 30 <laughs> seconds. Let's be real. For 30 seconds. So, the burgies happen. The food truck things happen. The food truck really takes off. The food truck world really takes off 2010, 11, 12. Yeah? Right, right. I remember because I was a part of it. I was in the thick of it. Um, I worked for Richard Hales at Sakaya for a while. That was always like my second gig. Uh, by the way, do you know how long we've been doing this? No. 
we're well over an hour at this point. <laughs> I have I have no doubt that we're well over an hour, and we haven't even gotten the fucking story of why 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 he's here. why he's even here for fuck's sake. Um, People love two parters, you know. Who oh is, no! This is oh. <laughs> Carlos well, Frias just thing, Carlos you know? Frias just texted both. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he did. Is your phone on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you haven't allowed me to have my phone. On I have not an allowed thing. You're a fucking grown ass man. I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. Can you read Carlos Ruiz's text to us, please? Carlos Ruiz wrote, "A pastelito is a dessert sandwich." It is not a dessert sandwich. <laughs> dessert sandwiches on the thing, and ice cream sandwiches, and ice cream sandwiches, ice cream. There's no bread involved. That's actually a good story. An ice cream sandwich is not a sandwich. I agree. Yeah, it's like is a is when when you get a croqueta at a ventanilla. And it comes with crackers, and you put it between crackers, and you eat it. It's not a sandwich. No, absolutely are, not. Are, are, are crackers bread? Oof. I don't. Think if so. they're bread, I mean, they're sandwich. crackers. They're not bread. No, but they're crackers. Mean, but is, is a cra- is cracker a right. name for a kind of bread? What if I got a croquette and put it between Melba toast? Would that be a sandwich? I, I think it's a sandwich. <laughs> no, but that's toast. Melba toast. Yeah, toast. Those little tiny things like yeah, that. Toast little, is, it's, it's, it's a tiny sandwich. It's over toasted <laughs> toast. I, I, don't, like, I like, don't like this conversation. You like Melba toast? No. Gross. <laughs> I don't like Melba toast either. Is a Monte, what is a Monte Cristo? A heart attack. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a French toast sandwich thing. Yeah, the Monte Cristo. Well, the original one, it was just French toast. Then, of course, we couldn't help ourselves and we had to... Breakfast dessert sandwich we hear here by one of our three listeners on live. <laughs> um, I can't... No. It's not a sandwich. Anyways... <laughs> So then the food truck things are, like, big at that point. We're, it's all over the place. The food truck scene has taken over Miami. Right. And, and you, all hell's broken loose behind the scenes, right? And you are, and you have, yeah, all, I mean, all mm-hmm. I remember was fucking the, the tickets. Oh, man. The t- I have nightmares about working on Sakaya's truck. Lines are crazy. Not, not because it wasn't fun, because it was fun, but it was, like, how busy that thing was. I mean, because, honestly, at any food truck event, that you used to put on, and I know you're probably going to get offended by this, but how many food trucks would be there? 20 to 25. I, I would think that maybe five or six were actually very good. You're pretty accurate. Okay. So I thought Richard's was very good. I thought Richard's right. food was very good. I thought the food at Sakaya was fun and interesting and delicious. The same thing with the truck. So, man, we would get fucking crushed. Like, I'll never forget. I'm working the – you remember the crispy duck sandwich mm-hmm. thing? I'm working the crispy duck sandwich station, and I don't remember what else I had on that station because all I sold was crispy duck sandwiches. And the tickets would just be hang- – so there would be the rail and then the tickets hanging to the fucking floor. And then the line would be like 50 more people. And I'm like, this is, I'm, this is gross, right? Like this is so much. And we're just crushing it. We're just like doing it. You know, I remember we used to do the ones in Tamiami and by the Harley dealership. Remember? Mm-hmm. But that's when, like, food trucks were actually genuinely fun. Yeah, what happened is um, a bunch of people thought they could be food truck owners, and they started taking out, essentially, uh, trucks that should have been sponsored by Cisco. Yeah, and, I mean, and, it's kind of like a, a lot of people think they could open restaurants, too. And I think that, that always go, oh, we could do just buy chicken tenders and then put them in a sandwich and then call it a day. Well, even a lot of – and I'm into when I see all these people who are kind of testing, making things from their home before they take the next step, whether it be barbecue – desserts a lot of them don't last they don't i don't think they realize how much work it is 
I to think, really last. But I think even more so than, than the work of the actual food, it's the work of the actual business, too. Like, when you get into the work of the business, it's it's another web of shit that you, you couldn't imagine. And, you know, the food is another web of, like, efficiency and consistency and, like, thought process. And, like, how do you how do you make sure you have food the next day? You know, like, that's – for me, it's like – and on a food truck, you don't have, like, a prep kitchen. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you have a food truck. So you're prepping out of your house. But there's some – great stories out of there like mischievous mischievous right. ended up opening a brick and mortars and what do they have two now two brick and mortars and they did very i think well. they have one they have one they used to have two yeah oh the one in the gables in there anymore yeah it's not there anymore. oh so you know and they started as a food truck right so you know there's those kind of stories too what other restaurants started as a food truck that ended up being a brick latin and mortar? house latin house um you know some of them opened uh like amaronera was already uh, a restaurant so he became the fish box and then yeah just so went back. Um, not a, a lot, man. You know, a lot of them open restaurants. And, you know, Jefe's had a restaurant and ended up closing the Mexican. But don't, don't you think just randomly La Camoranera opening up the food truck introduced their already legendary product to a new demographic of people? That's why uh, that's And I why think he did that's it. why it was important. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely why he did it. Right. Dave was kind of allowed. David Garcia was now kind of taking over. And I remember stepping foot in there for the first time. I think Good Friday, the first day I walked in, oh. and I was like, "What is this madness?" <laughs> you know, and he, Landberger was actually Landberger and Taco at the time, which was run by Ingrid Hoffman, was parked in a lot that La Camaronera people owned. And Dave, I met David Garcia there, and he's like, "Hey, come! I want you to see my restaurant." And I walked in, and I was like, "New of La Camaronera, never been there." Oh, and it's actually. One of probably two or three places that I eat seafood, um, to be honest, because I know it's always fresh. And I'm not a big a big uh, seafood guy, um, but no, no, but not just never, like, not even on Good Friday. I'll on tell Good you, Friday's like double cheeseburger Friday. As much as <laughs> as much as I love La La Froditas, like croquetas, they they did like lobster things and they did like lobster empanadas. I or shrimp, but I didn't like any of those things. What about lobster bisque? Do I like lobster bisque? No, or, I just, oh, I there? just think it's like people eat lobster bisque, and I'm like, most of that lobster bisque, I think, is like cans. I yeah. don't think people. Well, I mean, there. You know, I ordered. I'm, I don't know if there's. By the way, I want to be clear. I don't know anything about their. Business. No, I don't know anything about theirs either. But uh-huh. it's like I ordered a chicken sandwich, and I was just like, I just want like papitas or something with this or whatever. And it's like, well, you get an option of like a fish soup or a lobster bisque, and I'm like, I don't want either one of those. I just want the sandwich. But some, you know, and I think that's a misconception of like, kind of old school Cuban places like. They got to give you too much food, you know, and it's, I think it dilutes the quality of like whatever food they're trying to do. But you went to a place that kind of gives portions. I told you go to Luis Galindo. Yeah. Latin American is very good at 57 and 8th. That's like my go-to Cuban restaurant. I know. I actually took my mom there and it was great. It was old school because it's got the old counter. You can see them making the sandwiches. Right. They don't really have that experience in many places in Miami anymore. I, I, I think old school is always... I mean, I'm an old school guy, so like Jimmy's Eastside Diner, I still love Jimmy's Eastside. You know, a cheese fucking omelet at Jimmy's Eastside is still the best with grits and whatever, and it's like a ratchet old school diner. It's I, I think it's the most realistic interpretation of a diner you can get in Miami, I think, still. Right. Um, anyways, we're off topic again. <laughs> so, um, Burger Beast is now putting on all these events, and you are the guy, right? You gained a lot of uh, people that didn't like you at that time. Yes. Right. Correct. Food, food truck 
owners and mm-hmm. things because I remember the shaved ice person hated you because oh, yeah. you, not, you told not, her not it was, even it was two years sugar. ago some shaved ice guy approached Channel Six about saying that I was like some mafia don that I was running all the food trucks and I could I wasn't letting him into one of my events and Channel Six actually believed this guy who was doing shaved ice which by the way is not a food truck shaved ice is fucking ice with flavored sugar water so how do you feel about AC's ice it's delicious <laughs> but is it not shaved ice though yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> loophole! No, I don't, I don't. I don't really think it's. A, I don't think it's really the same thing. Did he park in front of your business here? Is that why no, you're angry? No, no. <laughs> I, I, love, I, I send people there all the fucking time. Yeah, no, I like AC's Icy's. I get yeah. a hot dog there. They have, they have my Nathan's thing. dog. <laughs> I think they have, they have an Nathan's dog. I think they have. We don't Nathan's. support Nathan's. We don't talk about Nathan's on here. We're a David R. Better. I only go to my. I only go to Miami. Oh, it's called Miami Grill now. I only go to Miami Grill to get my my Nathan, Nathan fries. But if Nathan's wants to sponsor sponsor Panko Podcast, <laughs> you can reach us at ads at DadeMag.com. Thank you very much, Nathan's Hot Dogs. I'm sure we'll get that email soon. <laughs> My issue always with the with sponsorship thing was they think because they're giving me – this is the way I look at it. Marcel and I look at it like they feel like they're giving me money, so they control me, and it doesn't work that way. If you want to sponsor me, it's because you like what I'm doing and you want to support what I'm doing. So – I had Budweiser sponsor one of my events. I'll take that sponsor. And money-wise, it was great. <laughs> but they wouldn't even res- re- respond to my email or calls after it th- because I pretty much shot them down with everything that they tried me- wanted me to do. They wanted, when I did Hamburger House Party, I would choose all the competitors. It had to be somewhere in eating from a burger that I thought should be competing for best burger. They wanted to pick five folks and just interject them. I know it was not going to be five good burger joints. It was just going to be whoever yeah, sold a lot like of fucking Yeah, but that's like that large corporate America shit that, you know, sadly, I think why, and I feel like about this about a lot of my opinions too, why people would think that you're an asshole, why I'm an asshole is because, you know, you stand by your ideals, right? So it's like, Budweiser, I like your money, but if you're really sponsoring me, you're sponsoring what I want to do, not what you want to do. What right. I want to do. So what you want to do is go to places that you support what they do. You support their thing, and you want to support their thing. So, like, is that me? Oh, I love you, Angel. You're the best. That's my chivo right there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's the, the hard part about working with a national sponsor, I guess. I, I, I think it's also, there, there's an element of it, and maybe you had some of this experience or, you know, sort of observed this over time. That's a little bit like, and let's not go down this rabbit hole, but a little <laughs> bit like the conversation of the, of the influencers and, and the impact that... We other, haven't even gotten No, 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 I know, I know. But, we but, haven't even but what fucking I'm, touched I know, on I know, subject But, but what I'm saying is, in the same way that other businesses other small businesses play a role too because they set precedent that then you have to contend with because they've set the tone that this is a market that exists and a and an ask that's reasonable i think i mean i i spent i i spent too much time frankly you know trying to change the same thing at at a magazine you know and and it's not the only magazine that does that kind of thing so if you're doing media and you want sponsorships or you're trying to sell ads you're running up against the norms that have been set by a lot of other people who are in that media space who will just bend to whatever people want to do right. 
and and they will blur the lines between what's sponsored and what was transactional and what is but what what's lacking is integrity whether it's small or big or whatever and and a lot of people just have this expectation because it's been their experience that that yeah it's all just smoke and mirrors and it doesn't have to be but it, it's a struggle to have it not be smoke and mirrors. well i mean a good question is if Budweiser comes to you and says, we're going to sponsor your event, but it's, it is absolutely required for you to put Shake Shack in that event. What do you say? Well, if I, if I, if I, would, inclu- if I would, would consider having Shake Shack anyway, yes. The problem is including someone when all my – so to compete in a hamburger house party, there was two main, uh, main things. Number one, I had to like your food. And number two, it has to be fresh beef. I was not going to put someone in who uses frozen beef. Okay. And and it has to be actually like cow, where I'm not doing pork burgers, I'm not doing any of that, anything. Okay. So, so I was not going to have a, a salmon fi- burger or any of that nonsense. A 50-50 burger doesn't work. I, I think I may have allowed that, but it's not really they're not what the good, goal is. Go on. Right, most of the time. 50-50s aren't good. Yeah. And so, look, six to eight months later, I did something with Amstel Light for two years, and then I ended up doing working with Heineken Light a five five seasons like uh, and i i like that i did a, a thing where i sat down and i said this is my ideas and we worked on something together that's like what i want to do you want to sit down when you want to work with me let's figure something else uh, figure something out that benefits both of us that plays to both of our strengths you know what i mean um, heineken and amstel you could find us at ads at <laughs> com. everyone thank you so much no but I, <laughs> I think that if someone wants to partner with you, and you know, obviously we've talked. Which camera am I on? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can call us on all the phones if you want. Just uh, drop a note in the Instagram live feed. Well, <laughs> uh, I think really to stay genuine, stay real to like who you are and the whole thing. And we've talked about this a lot because I don't know. We've done a lot of these fucking episodes, right? And it's like you've done a lot of your work too it's like how do you stay real to who you are still make money make it a profitable business that you can live and you know not sell out it's fucking tough it's tough i mean i i'm proud that we haven't and i don't think we haven't i don't think we ever will and i i think the same way about our food but you know it's they corporate america makes it very fucking tough man you know like I can see Budweiser coming and saying, like, we want to give you all the money, but we want to tell you the five people want, we want to feature in your thing. Well, yeah, they wanted to move the event to make it five times the size it was. They wanted to move the, the thing. And I said, this is exactly what I said. That sounds like Budweiser's hamburger house party, not Burger Beast hamburger house party. The Burger Beast. <laughs> yeah. And the- actually, at the, back then, the event was called Burger Brawl. So it was like, that sounds like Budweiser's Burger Brawl. But you probably would have liked the whole 3B thing. Yeah. Not... Burger Beast Burger Brawl, which was nice because it was four Bs. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, what year was that? What year did that start? 2015. 2000, oh, so we're moving along now. Now we are finding <laughs> out how, how Seth is a trailblazer and what he's doing. Um, I think 2017, 2017, you wrote a piece for the Herald. Right. Top 25 burgers in Miami. Right. Yeah, I... Uh I wrote that. Um, of course, I'd had a particular burger that served here, and that eludes me. <laughs> Doesn't elude you? Why does yeah, it elude you? Anyways, I'm not, I, and on, this, I'm not in this part of town. Give me, give me my, <laughs> give me my abuelita time is apparently what it's called. So, 
uh, 2017-18, Ariet was mm-hmm. going through a very... I sat at the table right by this window right here. I know, with Jenny. Who? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> she who must not be named. Mm-hmm. So 2017-18, Ariet mm-hmm. was like going through this like very weird change time. Things were happening on the back end of the business that no one should know about. And um, I was actually... showing my mask off. Okay. I w- you're doing totally fine. Um, oh, that's serious. Yeah, insert burger here. Uh, that's actually the only other mask <laughs> other than my own that I would probably wear. Um, and I was actually doing a dinner for Facundo uh, in our private dining room. And uh, Gio Gutierrez... Never heard of that guy either. Me neither. I'm, I'm not totally sure who <laughs> that I'm That guy's bad news. <laughs> bad news. Bad news. Bad news. Um... Tells, I, I, and I didn't even know it at this point, says to everyone after when I, you know, like thanked everyone for coming to the dinner or whatever, says, uh, just so everyone knows, and no one knows this yet, that Ariet now has the best burger in the city. And I didn't know really what that totally meant at that point, right? And um, so I was like, oh, man, that's like, that's cool. Like, I, lo- I love the Chug Burger. I think it's I think it's fucking delicious, obviously, since it's my burger. And uh, we put so much time in it forever. <laughs> what an ego, this guy. <laughs> Loves his own burger. Uh, I also love the Shake Shack burger and the Proof Burger that you can find on Sundays. We only make 50 at a time at Nave. If you'd like to reserve, let us Which know. Which delivery service do you have? <laughs> we have no delivery services because we give no one 35% of our money. Um what if it was 33? The evil empire. <laughs> we do not do that. Uh, you should come here and eat and enjoy the experience like a regular person. Do you have curbside here? We do have curbside. Oh, we do have curbside. That is Can accurate. you put a sign on there that says, yeah. are we at curbside? And, um, man, I have, to, I have to tell you that I, I really do believe, and I tell people this story all the time, albeit this is a pseudo fine dining restaurant and so many, thing, like, so many things are great and so many things are amazing, that is is what changed the course of history for this restaurant. We went from serving, it was actually on the menu at at that time. Now it's not actually on the menu. We only serve 12 a night because we bake and we grind daily. So, Am I going to miss out on getting one? Are they sold out? Oh, you guys are long closed. Yeah, we are. Um, But... uh, this guy we, gets me involved, wrapped up in this conversation. I don't even get I to know, order I know, that's anything. what I do. I get people into conversations. There's no way I can order at least dessert. I'm going to get murdered if I don't go. No, I'll know. get you dessert. Come on, just give me a second. I'm going to pay for it, though. No, you're not. But I know you're going to talk shit, then. <laughs> I would never. Can I finish my story, for fuck's sake? We've been at this for like an hour 15, so if we get to the end of the story in the next couple of hours, <laughs> I think we're. So, I, I can tell you that we went from being a uh, consistently empty restaurant for brunch and for dinner to then being having some people then having a lot of people and a lot of people coming to dine and then to have the burger That's and awesome. it really did change the course of history for this restaurant that in essence changed the course of history from my company in total because no one was coming before and then they came and that has a lot to do with that thing that you wrote that, I mean, was about our burger and people fucking loved it and 
people came and they loved it again and again. I thought and again. this was going to end with me getting some percentage points in this company. No, that's <laughs> definitely not the case. <laughs> that's definitely not how, how this works. But it ties back to what we were talking about before, right? It's not just that you wrote it, but you wrote it and it came from a source people trusted. Right, right. So, well, and as much as I love the bur- look, you know, my thing is I care about parking. I'm like anti. So, like, I, when I was getting here, I was like, oh my God. I'm not going to walk three freaking blocks. <laughs> I was like, I'll eventually give in when I was like almost a block away. I was like, but there's no way. I'm like, I'm not in New York, dude. I am not going to be walking a, a long distance. And no. and that's probably one of the main reasons that I don't go to some restaurants like Locale and, and this place. Chugs, on the other hand, which I'm doing an ad for and they're not even open. But I Chugs, I would go Free at 7 the in the morning. And I'd park right around the corner on that little street that's closed right now. And I used to walk in and I'd be like, yes, yes, yes. And then I would take yes, yes, yes and take to my dad. And then, you know, I'd just look at the bacon and smile and caress my little sandwich. Let me ask you, you like the thick cut bacon? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot too. It's a it's a point of contention right now whether we continue with the thick cut well, bacon. Well, I, I like because... A lot of people just want to eat bacon by itself, but I like that I can cut it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm also not going to be like some uh, like I just escape convict and just like start ripping it off the. Well, we, uh, <laughs> when we went to Chicago, we ate at Publican, and Publican does the thick cut like bacon seared like proper, and it was fucking amazing. And what That's, did she? Eat? She ate a sticky bun. <laughs> <laughs> that is what she ate. But the yeah, the thick cut bacon seared like proper. It was more like just cured and smoked pork belly and that's why that chugs thick up bacon happened to begin with it wasn't cost effective it wasn't right at all but um people loved it so that's probably why it'll probably stay that way you know how long ago i met her i mean she uh, we're talking about geo gutierrez probably a long time ago well twinkle toes yeah we uh, oh <laughs> uh, we produce your burger show i know i know 2000 2012 that's right. You had a burger show. Yeah, it hit five episodes. It's fun. Only five? Yeah, we only ended up doing five. It was fun. So I had I had a desk. I, I didn't know what I was going to use for a desk. We filmed that at my house. We filmed it in like a room in my house. And my I was at my dad's house and he had a cooler. And I go, this is like the perfect size and height. So I had like one of these coolers on wheels. And then I just slapped the sticker, the name of the show on the front. And then I would use that as a prop. I would hide things in there, and then I'd want to talk about something and pull it out. This sounds like, like Richard... frying croquetas in my living room. <laughs> we did fry croquetas in your living room. And that fryer is still in my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I had Richard Hales. I, I brought out, like, chalk and a bunch of stuff. I was like, this is all stuff from that Richard would use. And I brought out chalk and, like, some oil for his hair and a comb. Oh, man. An RC cola. <laughs> so, yeah, we talked about 2017... Burger Beast, Miami Herald, front cover, top 25 burgers. The, what was the second burger there? Who knows? You don't know? I don't remember. I don't remember anything. I was in a car, and this is, and this is uh, even though I'm joking about it, I got into a ca- car accident that scrambled my brain, and I have like... Yeah, that's right. I, I remember I have, that. I have, I have uh, sometimes I have t- uh, trouble remembering things. Really? Not sometimes remember. I think things are kind of jumbled in my head. You know, and it took probably a good year before I could actually just go back to. I always had a very good memory. It just kind of messed me up. So like details like that. Even I was in the middle of writing the book when that happened. You know, and then I got into. I had just started writing the book in July. I got into the accident late August. The book I had to turn in the first week of December. I was about three weeks. I couldn't 
I, I couldn't even really move my neck, so I was not typing or anything. I was kind of like, like mobilized watching TV all day. Tell me, about, tell me about the book process. I mean, I, I have several copies of your book. We had it in Chugs. Thank we have you. it here in Ariette. I have one at home. That's how I could afford breakfast at Chugs. I know. That's why I bought them. <laughs> that's why I bought them. Um, why didn't you ever ask me to do a book signing at Chugs? Because honestly, because <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But but, <laughs> but seriously, a lot of things about Chugs were so up in the air because it was a pop up, right? So the idea of Chugs to begin with was like it could be four months, it could be six months, it could be two months. I didn't know. Like they literally called me when I was in New York with Justin and Gio, uh, possibly to Poppy Gio. Uh, just like eating a bunch of food. And the like, good Gio, you should say. The good Gio. <laughs> I will not say that, <laughs> especially with present company. Um, <laughs> That's and, why you should. <laughs> yeah. And and like we're like we're just gonna do a pop up. And originally the idea of Chugs was just like a coffee shop and a home for Pasolito Papi. The fact that we had food is just because I'm I'm chaotic. So I wanted to put 24 menu items in a fucking shoebox of a kitchen. But like. We just weren't sure how long it was going to be. It ended up being 16 months because of COVID. That's the only reason why it lasted. I think it was 16 or 17 months. Because when COVID happened, actually, Chugs is what kept the entire company afloat. As when we turned it into like a provision center, right. like um, fucking grocery store, like all that shit. The rest of the company was doing a fraction of... Ice cream parlor. <laughs> ice cream parlor, which will be coming back very, very soon. Um uh, which we will talk about with Chef Devin when the time comes. And, you know, just like it ended up being this like beautiful thing that this small 600 square foot space ended up holding up this entire company. Um, oh, you found the thing. Yeah. 2018. Well, I mean. Ariette number one. Boom. And number two is Lashik with the Proof Burger. Lashik with number two with the Proof Burger. I think Proof was already gone at that point. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's still the fucking Proof Burger. And Shake Shack is number three. Bird and Bone. Really? Man. What, a, gonna... what a hater. Uh, I'm, I'm just honest. Babe Froman, I totally support that. The local, of course, Phil. I take that ad lib. That's also Phil's burger. The Swine Burger is also Phil's burger. Is it? 100%. I know, I know, I know. Just... Don't, don't fuck <laughs> Pincho, Pinch. Yeah, I mean, JR's Gourmet Burgers. I actually never had that one. Locale. I've heard of that guy. What's his name? Kushner. Kushner. Captain. Uh... Cap- the Captain the Kush. Blue Collar. Hate Monday's Tavern. That didn't end up so well, huh? Why? Isn't that the guy with the. No, uh... no, you're thinking Hole in the Wall. Oh, Hole in the Wall. My bad. I apologize. <laughs> Chefs on the run. Trying to, you're trying to cancel a culture, some people right here? No, I'm not, I'm not going to cancel any cultures. <laughs> this is not the show for that. <laughs> Twisted Fork Kitchen. Is that. I've never heard of that. Is that still there? Yeah. It is? It's Amazing. a tank. Tank brewing. Oh, it is. Rock Burger. Oh, that's gone. Mark Falsetto. No, there's. They still exist. No, nope. gone. For Lauderdale, they don't exist. Oh, that's right. They don't exist. They don't. Right. He has Henry's Sandwich we'll in Fort Lauderdale, which is out. actually really great. Henry's. It's called Henry's Sandwich in Fort Lauderdale. I had their fried chicken sandwich. Oh, I don't know. I I ate the breakfast sandwich and the and the burger. Tom, I have to go there now because Chugs is closed. Imagine. Look at four, side face look. So you're four months away. You're four look, months I, away. Pretend I have my mask on. Then I go. Then we could do a book signing. <laughs> we could do whatever signings you want. Cheeseburger baby. What okay. if I only sign in crayons at yours? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's actually better. <laughs> Boss burger and brew. But I want like the big crayon where I can sharpen in the back. <laughs> Airport cafe and liquors. 
this is verbal. This is like a solid list, man. This is good. I haven't been the, the fact that I was at the top time. of this list, I am fucking honored. John Martin's Irish Pub. All it would have taken was some Budweiser money, and I would have knocked you right out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Shake Shack, Five Guys, McDonald's. Well, McDonald's does have a fresh beef burger, so like technically. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, you know that this article is framed and hanging up in our office. That's how big of a deal it was. You have the actual newspaper. You got like a digital. The actual newspaper. The actual newspaper. I mean, Carlos Reyes couldn't have gotten you a digital file there? Nah, it's cool. I like the actual newspaper. It's better. It's more authentic. He's too busy eating sandwiches, I guess. He's too busy dictating (laughs) things that are sandwiches that aren't sandwiches on Twitter and making a big fuss about them. But I like Carlos and we like each other and it's fine. So 2017-18 happened. Yeah. That was. To, To be, you know, the funny thing is much. I found an interview that someone did with me in 2010, and someone said, tell me something that, that no one knows about you. And I answered that I love croquetas more than I love burgers. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of funny because as much as I wanted Hamburger House Party to be like my signature event, Croqueta Palooza is my signature event. That's the event that people lose their minds, the ones that people want to be involved with. I mean, Sobe had. Uh, I do an, a croqueta event with South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Oh yeah, love but, them. Uh, but, they're uh, the best. And it, <laughs> dude, they're they're great with me. Uh, with you, nothing, yeah, yeah, it's good. I went. I mean, well, that, I, that's fine. You didn't give me a percentage points here, so I don't care what. I mean, that, I mean, that, that, that's that's okay. I mean, they can um, they can be great with some people, but not great with others. I mean, do they listen to this podcast? Pro- uh, I would guess not. They yeah, do. Well, they do follow my Twitter, though. They're very aware. I don't follow anybody. <laughs> no, but I, I think... Um, so, oh, so, so I, sorry, uh, I don't even know where you're going, but the croqueta thing. So I, I essentially was surprised that croquetas ended up being the biggest thing, the, the biggest event, you know? Love you, Ash. You're the best. But, eh? <laughs> We're going to have you on here. To... <laughs> I did call you out on it. That's what's going to happen. No, she's pointing over at me. Oh, she is. Oh, she's got beef with everybody, right? She, oh, that's that's why I call her Minimi. She's got beef with everybody. <laughs> Love her. So yeah, Croqueta Palooza just took off. I remember telling—I don't know if you guys know Nadal from from. Uh, I don't like know him, but I know who he is. Right. So, I remember telling Nadal. I got an idea. I had just done Frida Showdown in a little small part of a small part of the casino, and we had about a hundred people there. And I told Nadal, "Man, I got an idea to do a giant Croqueta festival," and he says to me, "It'll never work." I go, really? You think it'll never work? So I did Frida Showdown. I think it was 2013. 2014, I did Frida Showdown. And three months later, I did Croqueta Palooza. And that's what I was like, dude, this is before all the tacky croquetas t-shirts that you see everywhere. You know, it, it was Tell just me kind what of that sick. means, the tacky croqueta t-shirts. Martha of Miami has kind of pioneered this thing where she came up with these witty lines. Maybe something not so witty. You're I mean, referencing I Martha, the tacky croqueta t-shirt. Well, I didn't say hers were tacky. Okay, I'm just, just, you mentioned her after the thing. I just want to, I'm just trying to connect the dots. She came up with a lot of creative shirts, and I think a lot of people have just started copying her and doing, uh, I said some. (laughs) 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 I saw that. (laughs) But, you know. Esa gente no, that's no de mi tiempo, man. Yeah, no, I I got it. All of this stuff goes over my head, I don't get it. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I write about food I like, and I don't want to get food for free. And back when I started the blog, it was, like I mentioned earlier, people were like, you're only writing that you like that place you got food for free. Uh, no, I mean, I can show you a receipt. 
just like if someone complains to me, I can pull up my checking account and Chase, and you can see all the places I paid for my food. I'm, and there's no reason to lie about it. Right. You know, um, somehow, somewhere, it flipped where it's okay to get free food, and that's fine. No, that's actually, it's not okay. It's expected. Right. It's expected. Well, and, and I, I think that the rest, restaurants are also responsible for it. I mean, you 100%. Take, We're going to get into that after <laughs> we finish while you're a trailblazer. Right. We're still trying to get Is to Is that going to be hour three or four? We're <laughs> no, we're, we're getting there, man. For fuck's sake, we're getting there. If Peter doesn't call again, we might get it done in the second hour. George, why would George just call? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here at the six morning at that point. No, I mean, off subject, another, uh, another, <laughs> another question. Totally throw it off. Do you prefer a burger over a frita? It depends. But if I had to say a well-done frita, I would prefer over a well-done. Uh, well I don't mean cooked well-done. I mean no, yeah, properly no, done. I'm with that. I'm with that. Yeah. 100%. Best frita in Miami. Which is the best frita in Miami? Yeah, just your favorite. It doesn't need to be... Like, the best is a, a weird misconception. How about overpriced, guys? Is, <laughs> is this the thing? This is people keep on digging on me on my, on my frita, and I can give three Are you feeling up? guilty? I haven't even no, said your name yet. No, because mentioned it. Apparently, it was a whole podcast about how my frita's overpriced. I didn't even know that. No, they, they, didn't, they never named you. They never you. named me. Don't name you by name. It's fine. You should just say you have a tasajo frita, and then you can charge that. Who does that? <laughs> I don't know. I, lo- I love the idea of that. I mean, like a real Tassajo. <laughs> I know. I, I love the idea of that. That sounds delicious. No, but. You serve uh, it on a, on a horseshoe. Oh, you know, be- man. <laughs> Matt gives everyone horseshoes. Has he ever given you a horseshoe? Matt Kushner? No? no. He gives everyone He just put my cartoon on, on, on a picture, a cartoony version of me on one of his walls. That's nice, though. Yeah. That's, awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I just um, want to mention that so people can, can look Yeah, for so it. they can go? Yeah. Muy, muy importante. Muy imp- I told you, I, I haven't had a grandmother in 20 years. I need... Yeah, no, I'm I here need- to Abuelita. That's my, that's my job as a podcaster. Um, go ahead. Your favorite in Miami. <laughs> Come on. Give it to me. All right. For a long time, I loved it Mago Las Fritas, but I don't think it's it's been uh, the same as, as it had been. How long since you think it changed? Maybe three years. Uh, it's interesting. I probably haven't had one in about three years. Uh, I would say Array is the most consistent. Sure. I really enjoy and Array. I love, even though I'm like, do I like like the real like fritas? I don't like people messing with the toppings, but it pains me, pains me that the the blue cheese one that you have is very good. <laughs> and that that blue cheese frita is uh, her dad's frita. Yeah. So I was very skeptical. It was, so was I. Yeah, and it was Emily's dad's Frida. Was um, I don't, he didn't even well, say your well, name? He just pointed at you like an object, like listen, an object. We're on that, that <laughs> one. We're on. We're on YouTube right now. <laughs> what? Whose birthday was it? Was it uh, Triplet's birthday? I think so. Uh, sister brother's birthday. He's making fritas, and then one of them has blue cheese and caramelized onions, and I'm like, Nah, I'm a classic frita person or whatever. But I love blue cheese. So I eat one of these things. I'm like, it's fucking delicious. And so when we're coming up with Chug's original menu, I was like, you know, let's just do like different fritas. We had a gringo, Americano, and then we had Pops Frita. Pops is her dad. And it was like, I love it. I think it's fucking delicious. Yeah. So fucking good. Because when I have a burger, I like a classic burger. I like, obviously, the Chug burger, like American cheese, you know, special sauce. 
shaved I mean, lettuce. Um, well, that's not really a classic burger, but you go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead and say whatever you want. We're at your place. Uh, but, you know, like when I had the frita, I was like, this is fucking so good. And then when we put it on there, everyone who likes blue cheese fucking loves that frita. Loves it. You know what people who enjoy burgers with shredded lettuce should do? Go on. You know what arikiri is? Ooh, <laughs> this is getting intense. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Go on. This is like a Japanese ritual suicide. Wow. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, love samurai films, man. <laughs> listen, everything in life is a somewhat aesthetic. <laughs> and I like the shaved lettuce on there for a little crunch, for a little green. It looks, I think the burger looks more enticing at that at that point. Have you ever tried making your burger with pickle mustard onion? Pickle, I, I don't, I don't approve of a burger with mustard. Wow. And uh, an onion. That's rookie talk. No, well, I'm, <laughs> but honestly, it's just, it's personal preference talk. Like, yeah. I don't like raw onions. So I don't I don't put raw onions on my burger. That's what is why. that? You're, you're not the first chef I meet who does not like raw onions. No, it's cool. I totally understand why. It's like super abrasive, and if you don't run them under running cold water, it's like they're just like. They Did I say they were raw onions? By the way, they are, but I didn't say that. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I envision the burger like the diner burger with the two buns that they don't make, and then the thick. Uh, <laughs> they don't make that. They don't make, and then the thick like onion, and then the like weird stuff, and it's always kind of like like that like it's never straight that's how i envision the onion if you were at home and making yourself a burger would you rather have first of all we don't have any actual beef in our house soft squishy bun like from Publix, that really horrendous cheapy hot dog and hamburger bread or would you do untoasted white bread well that's a loaded question (laughs) because if it's untoasted white bread you're talking about a patty melt no but you're toasting a patty melt you're gonna get into what a patty melt is no no yeah you're gonna you're gonna toast a patty melt listen (laughs) This I mean, is, uh, you're gonna if, griddle the if we want to get into uh, <laughs> what Chef Michael Beltran eats at home, this is the last food photo that I was sent. <laughs> oh. That is a peanut butter and jelly taco. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. I had smoked some weed before. I, I actually made that, and it was good. And that is like the easiest. You know thing. who loves peanut butter? Peanut go, butter. Go on. Oh, my lungs, dog. <laughs> I mean, I my our I'm not our, even gonna get into our dog also loves peanut butter. I love peanut butter. I'm, I was making a sick joke. But. You know, one, of the, one of the most interesting burgers I ever had was, uh, and I'm blanking now on the name of the restaurant. This was in Madison, Wisconsin, and it was just the the patty, bacon, and peanut butter. Yeah, those are usually called goober burgers. Yeah. Is that what it is? A goober burger. I wonder if, I, if they might have called it that, but to me, it was new. I I had no idea what was happening. How do you feel about it? Incredible. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. If I saw that on a menu... How do you feel I'd... about a Goober burger? I think it's revolting. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Revolting? <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the people who do burgers with donuts? Don't care for them. You don't care for them? Not really. Do Remember put... I did the pop-ups at Mojo Donuts. I did it for like eight Saturdays. I remember Every those. week, Jimmy, the owner of Mojo Donuts... Wanted me to do one, and I said, absolutely not. It will never happen. <laughs> Are you okay with putting an egg on your burger? When, on my frita? Oh, yeah? Are you answering for me? <laughs> on your frita? You I'm just going to answer whatever she says from now. <laughs> you, want, you want an egg? Sorry, I, I don't point it. Emily, I'm not yeah. going to point it. I don't want to be like you. Don't <laughs> be like me. Be like her. Her. <laughs> um, so you want an egg on your frita, but not on your burger? Excuse me, a caballo is how I have my oh, frita. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's correct. 
Oh, man. You didn't say that on the Chugs menu. It just said add egg. It said add egg. I know. I, I started crying a little bit. There Did you? Tear. Was it was it painful for you? <laughs> well, I mean, that's actually a good idea. I, could I put wonder that what on the egg oven. with the blue cheese would be. That would be interesting. Really? You don't think so? Mm, I don't know. You're saying blue cheese and egg? Yeah, to do on, the, on the frita, to on do the pops frita with with yeah. uh, that had spicy ketchup, caramelized onions, blue cheese. It was like a blue cheese vinaigrette yeah. thing that we did. They the, use canned uh, potato sticks, I think, right? Don't you ever <laughs> accuse me of using canned? The people who use canned <laughs> potato sticks are actually not fritas at all. Oof, I'm sorry. I'm hot button, hot button question. No, it's <laughs> serious. If you're doing if you're doing picnics, it's not a real frita at all. I think that we should get. Jump in my car, go to any place that serves those fritas, and we tell them to stick their hands out, and with a ruler, we just slap them on their hands. I, I and I would agree with that. It's not a real frita if you're using picnics. At that point, it's you're you've given up. The whole idea of the frita you, is the the patty and the. You want to know a, a frita rule of thumb? Do not ever eat one from a Cuban pizza place. They're all horrendous. Really? Yeah, they I've buy some. Never ge- thought about that. Well, because I see it and I'll stop because I just see Frita Guana. I was like, I got to see what this tastes like. So you're talking about Fra- Frankie's Pizza? No, not Frankie's. No, What's no. the other one? Ray's Pizza. Polo Ray's Norte. Pizza. That's uh, the one. Ray's uh, Pizza. Uh, Polo Norte. Monte de Oca. <coughs> no, no. Actually, no. That one's not. He likes bad. Polo Norte. But is, the, but, but is the Frita at Polo Norte okay? Polo Norte, the Frita is not the, like the can. Like what happens is a lot of these, there's someone who manufactures a Frita patty. I don't know if you know that. So it's like a neon orange patty. I want that's no preformed. That. I'm good with mine. Mm-hmm. With can sticks. <laughs> no, stop that. I call it the chug frita. <laughs> Don't, what a fucking asshole. Just <laughs> walking into Monte de Oca. Uh, I will have you, a chug. Do you consider our frita less of a frita because we don't use Cuban bread? I might take offense to that. Do you? <laughs> Why if it's bettering the situation? So that's a reason to break the rules is what you're saying? No, but it's not breaking a rule. There are no rules. Is there a rule book for making a frita? My book says what the rules are. Yeah, but you <laughs> wrote the rule book. I, I, you, since you no, wrote I'll be honest. So, so truthfully, going back to Cuba, because you always hear everyone discussing. there. Were, as far as I know, I've never seen anyone tell me this existed. There were no rolls in Cuba. They didn't have round rolls. So yeah, the, the, the sandwiches were cut, right? So yeah. they were cut off of flauta. So your frita was just a cut loaf of bread. So when they got here to the United States, it makes sense that why, like, Frita Domino, which is the first, you know, frita place, and Morro Castle, used hamburger bun. Can we time out? We can time out. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back to Pancom Podcast, sponsored by Drew Estate Cigars. Thank you so much, Drew Estate, for giving us all your money. (laughs) I know. All right, let's talk about the real meat here. We're going to talk about the meat in between the buns. Tell me, uh, Pornhub. Pornhub is not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, Pornhub is not what we're going to talk about. That is not what we're going to talk about. Tell me how you, in in your current role, why you feel like you differentiate from what people are doing now in the current market of the influencer blogger world. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm not. I I don't have any sponsorships. I don't have anyone paying me for anything. Nor am I looking for someone to do that. You're not going to see a po- sponsored post. I just wrote something a couple of days ago on the blog and I even said at the bottom I can say my actual thoughts because I'm not answering to anyone but myself Mm. so like I said I take the pictures if they look great they don't Marcelo O'Krain sometimes he's like I cannot believe you put that up I'm like it's just 
the situation. I'm here. The lighting isn't good. I'll take the picture. I'm just trying to capture the moment. Kind of say, hey, check this out. You know, if I eat somewhere and I don't care for it, I, I don't ever post it. Because that's something some people tell me. Oh, you never post anything negative. Well, anyone who's followed me the, the 12 years uh, will know that at the beginning I did. And what happened is it caused a lot of problems with restaurants. And I felt guilt when one particular restaurant reached out to me and told me that I was affecting his livelihood. And I figured I leave it in his own hands to sink himself. I just will not mention him, and I will only focus on the things I like. So do you feel like, you know, the foundation of what you started, let's say, 2009, 10, right? How that's kind of evolved has been, there's a lot of kind of smoke and mirrors behind that entire faction of the world. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to call it a job because a lot of people, I don't know if it's really a job, but um, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors behind all of it. There is. We are specifically talking about social media influencing. We're specifically talking about sponsored ad by social media influencers. We're specifically talking about kind of like the um, bikini model with a large slice of pizza. Bikini. I know you love saying that. I love saying <laughs> that because it's totally accurate. Um, you know, the cheese pull thing, like we're specifically talking about that. Do you think like kind of like the purity in which what you started and a few other people, David Rosendorf, Steve Berries, I think you would say, um, what's your name? Sarah Liss was one of the first bloggers also. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Something wrong with you? <laughs> feelings. Um, you know, that that's completely changed and it's become diluted. It's just it's just evolved. In some, when we started a blog, the reason not a lot of people did blogs because it's a pain in the fucking ass to write a post, go edit it, and then hope people find it. And then social media made it easier. But what everyone initially before they were calling themselves influencers, which offended me even more, is they called themselves bloggers. And I'm like, no, to be a blogger, you have to have a blog, you know. So then they were called micro bloggers. And then eventually it just became influencers. And then, like, if you have under a certain amount of followers, you're called a micro influencer. Mm. Now... I kind of really grew this illusion with the whole influencer thing. I'd say maybe two or three years ago when I found out that they had these, I don't even know, they're called pods. I think they were called initially. And essentially there's like 20 or 30 of them, private messaging groups in Instagram where they like each other's posts and they all go and they all go 30 and they all leave comments. So that's why you'll see if you follow certain. So they jack themselves up. Right, so essentially they give, they give themselves a, they give insider themse- info. So they give themselves a boost. You'll notice that a lot of them comment on each other's, and if of you course. follow a couple of them, you know, and a lot of them are very generic, like that looks so delicious, and then Stroke you'll see that's so delicious you. over and over. Yay! You know, and you see that you see the same thing in non-influencers, like a lot of like home bakers who sell their cookies and stuff will have that kind of pod, even like. In much bigger media, like, and I find it obnoxious that I follow a lot of ESPN accounts, and every time you see like a Sports Center account, like the comments that are highlighted are the comments from ESPN, NBA on ESPN, you know, and all all the ESPN properties are commenting on each other's things, and it's all to boost. Yeah, it's well, I mean, I I would say that I kind of understand that. I get it. Yeah, I get why it works in your. It's a marketing. As a thing. restaurant group, I say we should promote each other. You know, 
Um, so ESPN promoting ESPN, I kind of get. But then would you, would you? I won't bother naming a name, but, you know, some other restaurant group whose owner you're close to, would you entertain the idea of like, hey, you know what, everyone will we'll forward our posts to each other's marketing people and have them comment like, oh, that looks good. And, you I know, know. I've, never, I've never actually seen that, so I don't know if that's a thing. I know that, like, when the people I support their food thing and what they do, and I think that their food's good, I'll totally support it, right. and I'll say, like, yeah, I can't, you know want to go there or whatever the fuck it's basically just that but like in a more organized way more calculated yeah and then so you're saying that the influencer world has these calculated group chats that say please support this last post yeah and they're they're in multiple pods so don't think that it's one person i'm in one and there's 20 i'll be in five six seven pods guaranteeing yourself a bunch of comments a bunch of likes and it helps push your numbers up now granted of course that helps build up how many times you get seen on Instagram and it just pushes along the whole algorithm. I tried it when it first started. I didn't understand. I was invited by a friend of mine from New York. I think I lasted a week and a half. I was like, this is like a fucking full-time job. Like I have to go. And then someone put seafood. I'm like, I have nothing to say about this. You know what I mean? And I realized this is just, I, I remember I was on a road trip in Atlanta while this was going on and I wrote them and I was like, this is not for me, man. I, I don't understand. I don't find this. I'm, I'm not going to be going writing about stuff I'm not really interested in. Um, and then I just realized it was just really getting prevalent and it just brought the rise of all these folks who, who are doing, you know, the, the influencing and getting the free dishes all over the place. And look, more power to them. No. They're getting people to pay them. Good for you. That's well, just, I just don't like back- being put into that same group because I don't feel I'm doing the same thing. Well, it goes back to what you said, and I've said it several times. It's like the restaurants are as much to blame here as the influencer themselves and i and i and that's this is why i don't have many friends but um the the truth is thanks dave the truth is is that if you want to adopt that theory you want to adopt that thing then you are saying that you're okay with it and they're going to continue to do that thing so if i'm okay with people getting free meals and i'm I'm okay with like propping up the trash that they do, then they're going to continue doing that trash. So it leaves us in a place that it's like a hamster wheel, right? It's like, if we say it's okay, then they're going to keep doing it. And we got to keep on feeding these fucking losers for free. And then we got to keep on fucking stroking these people that don't know shit about food. You love, you love giving yourself karanke, don't you? What do you mean? mean? How am I giving myself karanke? I'm just being honest. You're you're working yourself up. I am. I am. I am (laughs) working myself up. Because... The, the truth is, is that... It's, a, it's eventually going to pass, man. It's going to change. Now they're all pushing towards TikTok because TikTok pays them. I don't even know what the fuck TikTok is. Though. Something that's unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I... I'm I, like, I, please just go over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe that. I'm just saying that, you know, it's all like a system. And if you feed into the system, the system continues to crank and then you give it more and then the system gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it's... So it's like Uber Eats. It's the same fucking thing. The more, the more you give it, the more it's going to feel like it's important, and the bigger it's going to be, and the more powerful it's going to be. And then, I just don't believe it's that powerful. You know, like if someone who really knows about a subject talks about something that's about my food, going back to 2018 when you wrote about our burger, then I'm like, that's amazing. Because Burger Beast obviously knows about fucking burgers. And he thinks that our burger is great. So I'm fucking... I love that. 
You know what I mean? But if some random fucking person talks about our whatever the fuck, I don't care that much. I don't care because I've spent more time learning about that thing than you have about this thing that you want to write about. So if anything, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I mean, I can even tell you, I remember it was 2014 when I saw things changing. I asked a question on Twitter and someone answered me and I was like, who the hell is this? I asked something, something along the lines of when I was kind of phasing out me doing food truck events and said, what do you think the value of my Miami food trucks website is or my social media? This person answered and I was like, what is this? And like, I eventually met him and I was like, chicle. You know, a lot of these people are like chicles, you know. Uh, there's no they substance. They last for 30 <laughs> seconds and then they go out. Yeah, there's there's no real substance. And I see them and they've kind of embedded themselves. Yeah, but what do they say? In, Come on, what do they uh, say? They embedded themselves in kind of the fabric of what's going on. But what did and they I don't say? want to get into those battles. What did they people. say? Come on. No one listens <laughs> to this thing. What did they say? Oh, no, it's it's not a matter of... Uh, look, essentially what, what he was saying is he was giving me information as if he was an expert in the field. And what I'm saying is like, why would this guy know anything... I've never heard of this guy before. And I realized it was right. He was just talking out of his ass, mm. saying something, because I paid attention. And that was my mistake. I paid attention. Right. You know, I should have just totally uh, ignored it. And that's the first time I realized there's a lot of people trying to pass themselves off like they know something or they're experts. And I think that sometimes if people were a little more transparent, maybe people wouldn't, maybe they wouldn't have the followings they have. But again, it doesn't affect me. They can do whatever they want. You know, I'm, I'm I've been spent the last year rebuilding my blog to kind of distance myself from social media altogether and just work out of my blog. And uh, my you don't, big, but uh huh. Truthfully, uh-huh. you don't think it really affects you. What do you mean? You don't think that the cheapening of what kind of like how you started and then what it's evolved into, what they continue to do, you don't think that cheapens what you do. Because I, I think I think what they do cheapens what I do. I I could see your point. I kind of over, I'm over it. I think is what the real problem God is. God bless you. <laughs> I I have to let it go, man. Because the the reality is, and we're bringing it up here, and I'm starting to give myself karanke. But I I have to let it go because Love there's <laughs> give yourself karanke, bro. come on. It's no, fine. No, look, we're man. an hour six. It's good. They can dupe whoever they want to give them money. That's good for them. They can do whatever they want. Stay out of my my world. I do interact with some of the influencers. I do like them personally, and I can differentiate being liking someone personally on the business side. That means I don't like what you fucking do, but yeah, I like I mean, you as I'm, a person. I'm the same way. I mean, so a lot I'm, of people would disagree, <laughs> but I, I am the same way. I don't, I don't support what you do. I'm sure you're a nice person, but that doesn't mean that I need to support what you do. I mean, my, just like you, because of my opinion of influencers, many of them don't care for me. They've never even met me just because they don't like what I say. And that's okay. That's I've already childish, been, I, that is a I've been childish this thing. For, I had a bunch of food truck owners who didn't know me who hated me. I've had restaurant owners who hated me that have never met me. Believe what you want. I don't give a shit. My wife loves me. My family loves me. I have friends. I don't really care. There's people who follow my blog who are my fans. They're super cool. And that's all, all that really matters to me. If you don't like me, I, I, I delete people's comments from my, my Instagram. I openly admit it. Oh, yeah? As a matter of fact, I just made it so you can't leave comments on my Instagram unless you follow me. Because oh, yeah? And it's not because it's a dissenting point of view. I get people who think they're slick 
and write about their friend's recipe. I put a Chug's cheeseburger and they'll be like, oh my God, you know what's really good? Have you been to the Fuddruckers? Like, I'm like, come on. Like, I don't know that's like your relative. I delete stuff like that all the time. Why would you just bring up randomly something that has nothing to do with what we're discussing? And I don't like, I don't like people who like hijack posts. I'm telling you, hey, this is, you should check this place out. Have you been to an Atoli off topic, which makes me think this person is suspicious. So, of right. course, I like, let me check. And then they're private. And I go, forget, it, I'll just delete. It's not even worth keeping this comment up. Interesting. And what? And if people don't like it, then don't follow me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's interesting that you've totally, like, uh, blocked that world. Because I do feel like it cheapens what you do and people that... But I don't make money from that world. That's what people don't no, understand. I, I no, make, I, I I'm, I, I've I always made it. money from the auxiliary of, like, doing events and selling products and stuff. I don't make money because I'm on Instagram. No one pays me to put ads. You know how much bullshit emails I get pitching me like, our restaurant opens Wednesday, and I'm like, delete, and then I can't stop them. It's like a never-ending chain of receiving emails. I don't really care. I seek out, when I'm, I live in Flagami, my parents live in Westchester, my sister lives in Kendall. When I drive, I take the inroads, I look at the streets, I look for new places that are opening, I'll go back, I want to try this restaurant because it's right here. I go to Hialeah a lot, Little Havana. Those are the places I drive around and I look to support those businesses. I Like we spoke earlier, I don't need to go to the beach. I don't need to go to some knucklehead hyped chef from New York. I don't give three shits who he is. doesn't make a difference to me. Love that. I don't care about anyone who's on TV. I only care about people that I'm friends with that are on TV. And, and that's a whole other topic altogether. I remember 10 years ago when someone I knew was on TV, it's like, oh my God. Now everyone's on TV for just anything. What is it with you and Sade, by the way? Sade is amazing. What do you mean? What is there I mean, not The to only be? time I've liked Sade is she was the entrance movie for Rick Rude when he was in Florida Championship <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> Sade that, is the queen, no, man. No, She's no, amazing. No, no interest in that. No, I mean, listen, I don't know what kind my of My queen is PJ Harvey. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who that is, Mahina thing. I have it in my list of suggestions. I haven't even gotten to my list. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go, can I haven't we even get... talked bad about Larry Carino yet. <laughs> oh, man. Larry, Larry Carino would take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. He is very—he was very worried that you're going to be on the podcast today. He should be. Mm-hmm. Larry Carino is my my publicist, uh, consigliere is what I call him. Um, and apparently, you guys have beef. No, we don't have beef. He's just delusional. <laughs> Why is he delusional? Please explain. When I used to, back before, can you pull I had up your be... notes? I want to go through these. <laughs> No, I actually have notes about people who have been on the show and what I wanted to say about them. Perfect. <laughs> I love this. I don't think this is now on the next segment of did not like DNLs by yeah, I have Peter Santa Maria Guillermo del Toro story. <laughs> we did <laughs> we that are, one. Wait, listen, he called in for that one, so we're already uh, aware. Jason and Mel, they said that I was their cola guy. I mean, that is kind of true. I think kind of. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that from the Babes. Cola guy? Yeah, yeah, because you guys were talking about the craft colas that they have there. And, they liked it. and he said that he said that he said that Seth's our cola guy. What, what it is is when I would do the pop-ups, I would buy cases of soda. I'm like, what am I going to do with that? I don't have a restaurant. So Jason would buy whatever sodas I didn't end up selling for my cases. So he would say, I'd be doing, I'm like, Seth's my uh, my sundries. I would sell them. I also sold them uh, candy bars that I sold. Oh, Tony's yeah. Chocolonely, by the way, are very delicious. <laughs> Those sound very delicious. <laughs> They're like a Wonka bar. They're like this big. I don't even know what that is, and I want that. Tony's Chocolonely. <laughs> can, can we go back to your list here about former podcast guests? Uh-huh. Well, podcast guests that I care about. I mean, there's people here that... Listen. Matt Hinckley. 
you know, Matt, I've gone to eat at his place three times, and the okay. fucking guy's never there. I'm thinking he's hiding from me. <laughs> I'm convinced. Look, hides from me when I hit up Orlando. Look. <laughs> okay. I see Billy Corbin is next. Yeah, Billy Corbin, he puts me to sleep whenever he talks too much. <laughs> Ooh, great. So you must have slept through the whole podcast that we had. He was on it. <laughs> <laughs> he did this thing? Weird. I used to put that on to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like the uh, ocean noise, you know, like Billy Corbin, same thing. Yeah. No, I love Billy in particular because he pisses a lot of people off, and I find that amusing. Is that the only reason? No, I mean, personally, him and I don't ever talk. I, everyone's like, they know, obviously, the whole p- political thing that he's got going on on Twitter. And people get worked up, and they know I'm friends with him. So you're like, oh, your buddy Billy. I'm like, look, dude. I talk to Billy about film and food. I don't discuss anything else with him. That's all we talk about. So I don't know about anything. But I find it funny that everyone comes to vent to me about him when I don't really even care about that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people came to me, too, about Billy when he was on the podcast. It's like, well, this guy, like, he hates Cubans and blah, blah. And I said, you know, I can disagree with people that are on the podcast a million times. It's not I don't have to, like, like you to have you on here. It's part of the thing. Um, and I disagree with Billy plenty, but you know, I can't, that's why he's his own human being. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. It's part of life, you know? So it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a cool guy. Except for putting me to sleep. Yeah, no, I mean, I, (laughs) I I, I like him too. I think he does good work, uh, with his actual job (laughs) that doesn't have to do with talking about politics and Cubans, which he spends 90% of his time doing. Yeah, I think that's all the notes for that. And no, Danny, have... what's next with Danny Surfer? I know you had Danny Surfer notes. No, 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 I didn't have Danny Surfer. You did have Danny no, Surfer no, no, notes. I, I, really you, I really don't. You do. I do not. I am pissed. By the way, you know when I first met Danny Surfer? Here it is. He came running up to me at Sakaya Kitchen. Oh, yeah? To introduce himself to me. I'm not lying. He running? Running. Well, did he asked you for an autograph? A, a light jog. A yo-yo he, No, he asked to take a picture with me, which I was caught off guard, and he, then he told me he was a chef at... 15th Street Fisheries, and I went there to eat, and he serves me oysters, and I was like, you got the wrong fella, dude. (laughs) Wrong guy. guy. I was like, chicken wings, yes. Burger, yes. Oysters, no. Ostiones, no. no. Aquí, no. Yeah. (laughs) So never? You never had an oyster? Yeah. And you don't like them? I mean, if you consider liking oysters, the ones that are doused in butter and cheese, yeah. (laughs) Love those kinds. That's good. Rockefeller (laughs) sounds amazing. All right, so but I don't really consider that an, an, an oyster. You know, what I mean, like if you tell me I love cheeseburgers, I go, "Well, what do you get?" And they pile like forty things on. I'm like, I don't think you really like cheeseburgers. So do you, you like, just like a bunch of shit? <laughs> do you like just like a straightforward just cheeseburger? What, what, like what? okay, so Burger Beast, you can build your own burger. I know you obviously have your own burger, but you can build your own burger. Uh-huh. What is that burger? What I've learned from my road trips and from studying when I was going to write my book available on Amazon.com. I own three <laughs> copies of that, that book. Actually, if you buy it from my website, from my web store, I no, can you find should, it. You should buy them from the web store. Mm-hmm. I would, co- yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we do these road trips, and what I find is all these restaurants have burger joints that are pre-1930. Have some variation of pickle, mustard, onion. Maybe it's just onion. Maybe it's pickle. And, and you know, so mustard and pickle, mustard and onion. Sometimes all three. They're usually like two, three what ounce kind of patties. mustard? Yellow, yellow. Just French, French's mustard, like yellow mustard. My burger, soft squishy bun, which is like the old school 
cheapy. Not the Publix brand because the Publix hamburger bread is horrible. Okay. I mean, have you ever tried building a hot dog on a on, on a on a bread from Publix like the, their brand hot dog bread? No. It just fucking falls apart. No, I, I, I put chili on there, and that thing it was like I was just eating my hand pretty much by the end of. The- <laughs> I was like, I ate the bread at some point here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, at least one that actually kind of stands up. Thing is, also, when you start getting out, and I'm in Mississippi, and I'm in Indiana, they source all the meat locally there. So, yeah. you're not, not, they actually get a local baker there to make those burger buns. So, a lot of it is just from the the, the area. It's a much different, yeah. like, ecosystem food so, so, when I go there, and I'm like, how is this burger fresh beef? A local bun, a stuff two fifty, and it's phenomenal. And you're like, because this could not occur in Miami. This right. would cost at least ten bucks if you were trying to get. If we had local beef, right. if we had a local baker that just made a regular bun, and no one does. Everyone has to do <coughs> some beautiful brioche bun. Right. Uh, no one does. Uh, you like brioche buns? I like them. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Was that a trick question? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was just asking your opinion. That wasn't a trick. What question. if I said I like pretzel buns? Yeah, I mean, I, I like them. I, I just I don't like them. I I like pretzel buns, <laughs> but I don't no, choose, I, I, I don't I don't choose to have my burger on a pretzel no. bun. I kind of feel it's like a battle. Like like pretzel buns, I think, are kind of sometimes a little too much. I don't like where I got a battle, like what's holding the burger. I feel like I'm okay with a pretzel bun with nothing in it. I'll smear some shit in it, and I don't need a burger patty What about in it? if you smear some palmetto cheese inside of it? Oh, man. what What is the palmetto cheese? Yes. Palmetto right. cheese. Yeah. Now, now we're talking about shit that I can really fucking get with. Palmetto cheese, I'm all about. So, when I go on the road trips, it's a variation of my friend John, friend Ed, my wife Marcella, and, and my cousin Fred. And when we go, they all laugh because the minute I walk in and I see pimento, I'm like, I don't even care what this is. I'm getting this pimento cheese. Oh, so, yeah? I have a pimento cheese on a... I went to an actual Amish restaurant and they had pimento cheese on a fresh baked croissant. Or croissant, right? Croissant. <laughs> croissant. Yeah, depends on, maybe there's someone listening in France. Maybe now they understand better what's well, going we're on. Well, we are in, in 14 countries. Right? <laughs> we are in, uh, Spotify told us so. <laughs> According to Spotify. According to Spotify, we're in 14 countries. So maybe in France, so some random guy. Pimento cheeseburgers, that, just a smash burger with some pimento cheese. I think that's great. Oh, yeah. But as far as I was just going... Pickle. But let me ask you, the pimento cheeseburger, is that like seared and then the pimento cheese is cold on the bun? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Not on the bun, on the actual burger. But cold. Some, some people, some people, yeah, you just scoop it and just put it on there. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. We, had, we actually had someone from uh, Alvinton, Kentucky, who came to compete at Hamburger House Party, Boys General Store, and they made the pimento cheese while they were at, at and they did a pimento cheeseburger. They call it pigmento. I love that. Yeah. Why pigmento? What did they do? They had bacon on it? They had bacon? Yeah, makes sense. What was the bun? What was the bun? I don't remember the bun. Was this a white bun? I think I think it was a more elevated than just a regular regular bun, to be honest but with you. But that's the thing. I like to go back to like the general, like the classic, the way things are supposed to be, and then that never wins all of your shit things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who's won. Well, that's a that's a good point you bring up. So, okay. people always ask me with the events, they seem to think that they're rigged. What they don't know is that the events are without a doubt not rigged in any way. Okay. I can just yours, huh? Just yours. What do you mean? No, I mean I think a lot of events are rigged, but uh, uh, mine is without a doubt a hundred percent not rigged. Five people at least see the votes. 
Okay. I mean, so it'd have to be all five of us would be in cahoots. And I, trust me, there's people who won that I could wish I could take back. Or even at the event, I could be like, I wish that person didn't win. And, but that's, they won. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, it is what it is. You know? And then I see trust and company win Best Croqueta and six months later, they're out of business. Oh, yeah. I don't even, And I don't even know how they won, to be quite honest with you. And a lot of times, so, you know. I had a guy who won who came from Texas. They were originally Miami guys. They were doing pop-ups in Texas at a farmer's market. They were doing croquetas. They came. They made croquetas for me to try because I wouldn't let them in unless I tried it. I said, it's cool. They're Miami guys. They're in, I let them in. They actually won. They stopped doing croquetas two months after they won. Why? Too much work. You already know. fucking ass. Yes. We were yeah. just talking about that before yeah. we started recording the thing. And, and that's the reality. I mean, uh, I've kind of wanted to go away when events eventually come back. I'm only doing Croquet the Palooza as the only event, and it's probably not going to be a competition anymore. I mean, they'll still have restaurants. They just won't have a winner. It'll be just a celebration of the of I think the, that's of the, great. Then I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, this is my thought process. Uh-huh. I think that the Food Network changed the dynamic of, like, the food competition thing, right? And I think instead of food becoming a community thing, which I think food is a community-based thing, communities supporting each other and serving great food it became like this big fucking pissing match for no fucking reason when really i like your food i like your food let's all just like each other's food and just fucking because that's what food is it's about you know joining at a table enjoying the food enjoying the company enjoying all the things and instead it became a big fucking mess i think so you know, I do feel like um, restaurants should be reviewed, but I do think that food competitions should die. And I think it's an interesting perspective, but I, I only feel that way because competitions in and of itself breed um, this whole, like, subculture of, like, talking shit about each other for no reason. When really it's just like, I like your food and I like your food and I like mine. I'm like, let's just fucking like each other's food and support each other. Reviews are a different thing. I think reviews come from, like, uh, actual good writing, which doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, that's my thought process. I just think the events is overdone. How many best burger competitions are there? I don't, I mean, I don't, there's a lot. I don't know. Is there? Yeah. Really? Every city probably has two to three. Uh, we have, we have two to three? Uh, oh, they did? Uh, I, I mean, I stopped doing mine a few years ago. Um, when I started doing my pop-ups... I chose not to do. I felt it would be kind of ridiculous for me to be doing pop-ups and selling burgers and at the same time doing a competition to find the best burger. Makes sense. So I, so I stopped doing it. And that's when I was like, the only thing I will do is uh, croqueta palooza because I will not be making fucking croquetas, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> God bless you for and, making that And croqueta palooza was Frida Showdown on roids. I took Frida Showdown. That was something I dedicated to the memory of my grandparents. And about everything that I grew up being Cuban, the cafe con leche, the, you know, from croquetas to flan. And Frida Showdown had, you know, had croquetas. It had five fritas, croquetas, anything that I could think of that was Cuban, guayaba, queso, timba. And I put it, and then I just expanded it and, uh, with croqueta palooza. And then I added the flantastic, which was like the flan competition. And, uh, I, I still love that event. It, it just reminds me of my grandparents, which is why I like to have cafecito there. You can have un cotadito. 
you have obviously the croquetas, but then I always try to get, you know, someone doing some sandwiches. So it's a variety. I one time tried doing a standalone event called Sugar Pie, a dessert event. What a disaster. <laughs> I'll tell you why it was a disaster. I thought I'm going to do it on a Sunday afternoon and I'm going to did I did craft beer, coffee and desserts. Not that they really mix, but I I don't know for some reason I thought this was a good well, combination. Craft beer, coffee and desserts. Right. I mean, I guess I could see it. So, I had probably about 6 to 7 craft beers, I think three or four coffees, mostly espressos and and then I, th- I think six to seven desserts. And then I made the mistake of having Junior's Burgers, who had just won a hamburger house party, and someone else. I did two people doing savory, and I put them on either side. And they were the only ones that had lines. Oh, like, man. people went through the... Like, people were, like, waiting to eat. I'm like, I mean, this is a dessert thing. I wasn't really trying to... So I was like, because it didn't do what I wanted it to be, I, I like, stopped doing it. I did kind of integrate it into one of the events, but yeah, I just thought, oh, it'd be cool to just do a dessert event, not like that debacle that exists called Dessert Wars. Oh, sorry, that's not that. that exists. <laughs> what is that? Where's that? Sobe? No, no, no. You can't help yourself. Oh, I can't help myself. <laughs> Sobe. I can't. I can't. I cannot help myself <laughs> on people enriching themselves on a bunch of people that are struggling to make money. I cannot help but destroy oh that entire faction of people that. You may like them, and they may have treated you well, but they give me a back rub too. I don't doubt that. <laughs> that 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 I do not doubt that they gave you. A back I don't know rub. what the fuck that means. On the, <laughs> other, on the other side of this bathroom break, we will talk about Seth's favorite flan, and then we will start to wrap up this episode of Pancom Podcast. Where were we? Flan. You, yeah, you wanted to talk flan. You you did a an event called flan. Flan what? Fantastic. Fantastic. And who won that event? Fireman Derek. I believe it was Fireman Derek. He won the first one. Our last last guest on the podcast won Flantastic. Fireman Derek was on this podcast? Just on Monday. Oh, my God. I got so many things to say about that guy, but I haven't heard the episode. Love that. (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. I will will not say the story. Sorry. Uh, Maybe I'll say it off. I'll say it off. I can't say it. But it's funny. But it's a funny story. Everywhere. I met Fireman Derek because he was selling desserts to La Camaronera. He was selling his key lime pie. Which is I, great. And when I did my first food truck event at the Adrian Arts Center with the Herald, there were no dessert trucks. So he set up a tent with his dad and he was selling his desserts. And he had, I think, only like coconut cream pie. He had the, the key lime pie and I forgot what the third thing was. Michael Schwartz was there. He had his little hot dog cart, you know, selling... Uh, an elevated hot dog, I think. No, he had a dessert. And he had like some sort of lemonade that was good. When you like, when you want a sweet, what is the thing that you gravitate towards? I'm not, I'm not that much into sweets. So there's certain things that I do like. Flan is one. Um, I think also some of that is just an association with my grandmother. Oh yeah. Uh, I've had flan at your house with your mom. Shh! Don't tell anybody. No, it's amazing. <laughs> that was an amazing experience, right? To sit there and touch it with you and your mom, like, give us flan and, like, hang out. That was a good time. That uh, was after you had that accident. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that – dude, let me tell you, I, I like, knocked out. Like, I, I came to and I was upside down in my car because I, I don't wear a seatbelt. Surprise, yeah, if someone wants to give me a ticket. To. I mean, I my, my left leg was hooked over the steering wheel and my head was sitting – my head was laying on the passenger seat. 
and somehow my pocket was hooked into into the the little stick that had that hang that on. So like when I came to, there's someone knocking on my window. Hey, wow. and I and I look up and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I tried hitting the button, but that's the side I got hit on, so the door wouldn't open. They actually came around and someone goes, hey, I'm gonna grab your leg. And he grabbed my leg and then I just like fell back into this. I actually took a picture that day and sent it to my friends and uh, they thought I was kidding. I was like, oh, no, dude. I had like some blood on my head and I was just, you know, I like just lost that moment of time. I don't even know how long I was passed out for. Do you think that that experience changed perspective on life? Perspective on life? No, I, 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 I've always kind of thought like I lost uh, oh, my best friend when I was very young. And I, I, I was, and he was seventeen, and so, and uh, I was. You 18. were the same age. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a few months older than him. Right. Uh, I had just turned eighteen. It, it was senior year, so I remember thinking, you know, I was thinking this guy and I are going to be friends forever, and now I talk to his parents, and it's odd because really the only thing we have in common is that I was friends with your son, you know, twenty something years ago. Actually, um, next year will be thirty years he passed away. So it's kind of it's kind of an odd relationship to have with someone because I'm sure when they see me, they think our son would have been this age. Right. You know, so I've always had that proper perspective. Like, that doesn't stop me from doing stuff like when I went years ago skydiving and, and stuff like that. You skydiving? Yeah. I'm petrified of that, man. You should be. I'm petrified of height spirit. It's, I get it's on actually, a fucking ladder and I start shaking like a little bitch. Um. Uh, so I want to be clear because someone's going to say he didn't go skydiving. I mean, I was not as big as I am. I was serious. So I don't want someone to say, bullshit, that guy went skydiving. <laughs> so when I, was on the, when I was on the plane, I thought the guy was messing with me because I did tandem jump, right? Because I think you had to take X amount of hours to right. not do a tandem jump. And I wasn't going to do that. So I did a tandem jump. The guy hooks on to me. means with someone else. Right. The guy was hooked to, to my back. I was probably almost, I'd say, eight inches taller than the guy. You know, so it was like an odd very We're seat, seated and everyone seats, sits in the plane with their legs open. At least when I did it. Right. And so he's sitting behind me. And while we're sitting there, he goes, oh, shit. I don't know if he did this on purpose. He goes, oh, shit. And then I hear like a clamp. And I'm like, is this guy fucking with me? Like, did he just pretend that this thing was not clamped properly? And then we get to the, to the you know, the door's open. And he goes, we're going on three. He goes, either you go or I push this. <laughs> so he goes. One, two, three, and I jumped, made the bad mistake of having my mouth open and just swallowing a, you know, a bunch of air. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then when when he pulls the the chute, or I think I pulled the chute, the way it was strapped on my legs wasn't wrong. It was on either side of my crotch. It yanked me so hard, I had bruises on the other side of uh, the other side of my crotch wow. the next day. I remember I was in pain walking around. And then when we went to go land, remember, you're, I'm supposed to put my feet up so he can land and then I land. But because there's such a difference in height, we fell back and then the wind started dragging, dragging us back. But I actually have pictures of me getting strapped in and I have a picture of me like in the, in the sky. Uh, and there might be other pictures, but the only other thing I ever wanted to do was go into a shark cage and that I never did. Never did? No. I think I would do that before jumping out of a plane. I think now I would be dead meat if i went into a shark cage <laughs> <laughs> i definitely would not be able to get out of there in time <laughs> if i could get in there 
No, like I'd just, have to butter I, myself up first, I think, to slide in, and then it'd be like, oh shit, how the hell am I gonna? There's like certain things <laughs> in my life. I have, it's like a weird, like inside of me, fear. Heights is like one of them. Like if I'm in a weird place that's too high, I my body instantly shakes. It's the craziest thing, and I I don't know why, but ever since I was a a kid, it's like just petrified. What about roller coasters? Never been on one. Really? Never. So in Vegas, there's a place called the Stratosphere, and it had a roller coaster on top, like a straight shoot straight up, and it had a, ro- a roller coaster that went around. But it had like an observation deck on the bottom, which technically, if you fall off, I guess you could fall on the observation deck and then just take everyone out down there. Yeah. You know? And I remember getting on the roller coaster, and it was going relatively fast. You're, I don't know, 30, 40 stories up. The fucking thing stops 100 feet from the end. And all of a sudden, the the things, the ride starts going back, kick, like one oh. click out of that click, and we're like, and we're in the front row, so we're like, what the fuck is going on? And all of a sudden, like a scene from a movie, a side door opens, oh, everything's God. okay, and we're like, oh my god, because <laughs> you know, like everything's okay means, oh no, all, all shit, all hell's about to break loose. And then they were able to fix whatever the issue. They brought us back. Oh, and they said, yeah. to make it up for you, we'll put you back on. I go, yeah, no. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm definitely not writing right after you corrected whatever the situation was. <laughs> I, you know, when I, when I was in college, I used to. Uh, so one of my best friends, his dad worked for an airline, which I won't name. And he put me on the family and friends list because I was, you know, we didn't have a ton of money, so I couldn't fly back and forth to come see the family. So, one trip, and it was always like, if there was extra seats, then you can get on the plane. So one trip, I had, I was in North Carolina, and I was getting on a plane or whatever, and then we we were talk about like that last second, what the fuck? So the plane's taking off, and as soon as the front tires take off, it just drops back down. It's like. We're having minor difficulties, whatever, etuloto, no big deal. We're there 45 minutes, and they're like, there's a serious problem with the plane. We're just not going to take off. If you guys, you know, want whatever, you know, we'll be back up and running in like an hour. And I was like, no, I'd much rather take another plane. I feel better with, like, taking another plane, especially me that I'm petrified of heights. So I used to, like, almost literally drug myself to get on a plane so we could fucking take off. And that was the last time that, like, that feeling of, like, it's about to happen, and then it stops, and you're like, nah, I'd rather not do this right now. It's like, you can get on it again. I'm like, nah, another plane would be better. I'm, I'd feel better with that. Yeah, the heights thing is, uh, yeah, the, 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 the shark thing seems interesting to me, but I have no interest. I've, been fa- I've always been fascinated since I was a kid about, like, underwater. I feel like it's, I'm a big sci-fi guy, so obviously the abyss, like that movie for me, always, like, stuck with me. I was so angry. I never saw it in the theater. I regretted it, but well, I, I did I, have I the special I, I don't think edition. I was of age to see it in theater when eighty nine came out. Yeah, in I was four. I, I I actually own the special edition laser disc of the Abyss. Love that. <laughs> Love that. That's so good. Yeah, dude, that thing was I think two discs, and because it was like higher, uh, it wasn't like it wasn't really compressed. So I think I had to turn the movie four times. Like it was like one like. You know, one, then you have to flip it. Then eventually I got high tech and I bought the laser display that played both sides. So like it'd play and then it'd stop and then you hear woo 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 <laughs> and then it starts playing the reverse side of it. That's amazing. <laughs> what a good movie though. 
The Abyss. It is. That, and I'm surprised no one ever talked about that film. Oh, man, it's so good. The Abyss, and I feel like uh, Cocoon at that time also were like two of my favorite movies when I was a kid. And That's a weird movie to like as a kid. Cocoon? Yeah. Why? You don't think so? I Isn't mean, everyone in that film like 60 years old? Yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm sure they are like 60 years old. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. I love, I, it's again, it's like the underwater, you know, I don't know. But I, since I love sci-fi, I thought The Abyss was fascinating because it was like in our ocean and this whole like science fiction thing. And that's like could actually be a thing because we've only actually discovered, what, 15% of our actual ocean. So what about I, Tremors? I loved Tremors when I was a kid. <laughs> I really I loved Tremors. Uh, not when they did like Tremors like 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Like, Tremors 1 the was like... The original Tremors. Yeah, the original Tremors was good. Just like they should have stopped at the original Independence Day. I think I would have been okay with that. Independence Day 2, they lost me there. It was a far cry. But they did it in 2015, right? 16, some shit like that. So it was lost. I don't even know if I saw it. I tried to watch it. I tried. I attempted all right, well, I think that's the end of our flun segment. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we're ever going to get to the end. <laughs> no, I think we're going to talk about the end. This no. is where we do the wind we've down. Un- we've unpacked the fact that Seth will have to come back for another episode that we actually maybe structure and we talk about things that matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> uh, we're going to do our parting recommendations. Let's talk we... about DNLs first. Oh, man. I introduced a new segment called Did Not Like. Oh, I thought you said DSL. Sorry. That's a totally different segment, and that's for the OnlyFans version of the show. Uh, did Not Like. What did you have in your recent memory that you did not like? The amount of shitty programming on Netflix. Or you want me to be more specific, like, well, I saw this. Name, thing. like, one thing you saw on Netflix that you thought was trash. I don't even make it past most stuff. If I'm, you know what the problem is with Netflix now, oh, is that I connect it with IMDb. So like I see a movie, and before I just like well, that sounds pretty good, I'll watch it. Now I'm like, let me see Rotten Tomato, and then I talk myself out of watching the movie. Yeah, but IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes are are kind of like the food influencers. They've been bought. Hmm? Well, I, I'm just trying. I to... mean, from my understanding, a lot of that has happened. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, don't, I think the problem is that if I see something that's like a 5.5 on IMDb, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to get that. But then the other day I watched a movie that's 5.5 on IMDb, and I couldn't even tell you the name right now. And Marcel and I loved it. Yeah. So I'm like, I've been following this for the last few years, and this doesn't necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily work. Something I haven't really liked, man. I, I honestly can't think of anything. Interestingly enough that I introduced a segment, I don't know if there's anything in – the last week, I haven't exception like disliked. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been your no, but Nick, do, do you have do you not have anything? <laughs> this is a great uh, segment. I know <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. I love it. I love it. Uh, what have I not liked? You're the savior of the segment, Nick. Come oh, on, take it on strong. I did. I did not like. Okay. No, I actually did like it. No, but go on. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, some people will disagree with me very strongly on this. Which is your life in total. Go I, on. I uh, had some recently just because I wanted a snack and that was the only one within arm's reach. I do not like, I recently did not like, and I have never liked Double Stuff Oreos. I nope. like the standard 
stuffed proportions. Wait, how do you Oreos? Feel? Is that what he said? Double saying? stuffed Oreos. Yeah, I don't like Oreos at all. Aren't at they all? vegan? They are. They are. It's got this vegetable shortening and powdered sugar, it's essentially. Pickable. Okay, so no, you don't I'm like just, Oreos at all? I don't really eat Oreos. I like the vanilla Oreos. So DNL is he doesn't like Oreos, <laughs> and you don't okay. like double stuffed Oreos. I don't like double and stuffed. Me, Oreos. I personally love fucking Oreos. If it was vanilla double stuffed, then I would like. But why vanilla? Because you don't like the chocolate wafer. Right, I, I like the vanilla wafer. But that's and still a if, vegan. Insert Carlos Frias is an Oreo a sandwich. Don't even play with that. I mean, I think they even say, do they say sandwich on the packaging? They may. They might call it a sandwich cookie. They may. Do you consider my peanut butter and jelly taco a sandwich? No. You don't? No. What about you? Oh, me neither. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stoner no, it's invention. I think, that, I think that on your next episode, you got to do shots every time you bring up Carlos Frias and sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I a college drinking game. Carlos Frias said what? All right, take a shot. Boom. I would be more inclined to say it was a sandwich if you made a peanut butter and jelly dia. <laughs> a what? Take two tortillas. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, uh, quesadilla. Quesadilla, PB&J quesadilla, peanut butter and jelly dia. I've done a croquetadilla. Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds like a great Again, fun. that was out of necessity because I had no bread. <laughs> yeah, but Just, do, you, do you mind using, like, flour? Okay, so do you like flour tortillas or, or corn tortillas? I like corn for tacos, yeah. But for, for quesadillas. I don't think I've ever had a corn. Yeah, that's not a yeah, no. quesadilla. I mean, I'm, like, I, you remember when Richard opened that, uh, the one in downtown? Yeah, the taco place. I never went. Yeah. The, when he used to do the gringo tacos, which were the flour tortillas, I thought they were delicious. So good. So good. And the people shit on flour tortillas, and I think they're amazing. What do you get a taco about? <laughs> what do I get a taco about? I'm a Crunchwrap Supreme guy. You obviously haven't listened to this show. It's fine. I, I know. don't take offense I know, to I know, it. I know. I'm a, I actually was very close to ordering a Domino's pizza here today. Oh, man. I would have <laughs> loved that. That would have been so good. <laughs> God, but what do you get at Domino's? The cheeseburger pizza. They have a cheeseburger pizza. Yeah, it's new, right? It's relatively new. Yeah, yeah they, they, and it's good. You co-sign it. I, I, we're not getting paid for this, by the way. Uh, yeah, we're not getting paid. As a matter of fact, I was battling with Domino's for the last two weeks. Why? Because I ordered the cheeseburger pizza, and they brought me the fucking taco pizza. And when I called There's them, said, "Can you just pizza? what the I was fuck like, is going on?" Right I was like, now? "Can can I just get the cheeseburger pizza I wanted?" They're like, "Sorry, we're too busy. We can't <laughs> we can't correct your order." I'm like, "What?" And then, like, they're like, we'll give you a gift card. I don't want a gift card. I want my pizza. Oh, man. And then they're like, she's not going to refund you. And then they didn't refund me. So I've been uh, battling um, via DM with Twitter. I can even show you. It's, like, ridiculous. Can you show it? We'll, we'll post it on the, <laughs> on our Instagram that yeah. no one follows. We'll, we'll post that. And yeah, we'll... They, they came out with three pizzas. It was the taco, the cheeseburger, and a third one. And it was the – this was in the last year at some point? Well, no, actually in the last, like, four or five months. Yeah, and it's the first time they added new menu items in like 15 years. Or yeah, something. and then Papa John's brought back their cheeseburger pizza, which is not very good. But like you got to be honest, pizza. like Domino's better than Papa John's. I'll tell you why I like Domino's, but okay. I think you won't even guess. Okay. You had to guess. Why do you think I would like Domino's? Better? I mean, I, I honestly have no idea. I think their tomato sauce is better. I like Domino's for two things. I like the thin crust. I love the is, thin crust. So I get the cheeseburger thin crust. Oh, man. And I want to order that because right they have. Now. Out of all right the, the major chains, they have Coke products. Oh, and yeah? I don't drink Pepsi products. Uh, Why don't you drink Pepsi products? Because I don't like them. That's it. I just don't care for Pepsi. I think it's too sweet. I think it, Coke, it, has a, a Coke is not as sweet. And also Coke has a little thing when you drink it in the back of your throat. Like I, I have this interesting mm-hmm. thing. I feel like Coke 
is absolutely destroying all of my insides. Oh, I'm sure it's destroyed my insides. (laughs) It's just like, when it goes down the inside of my body, I feel like it's burning all of it. Like, I don't feel that with Pepsi. I don't drink either one, to be honest. If you're saying, hey, Mike, pick a soda, I'm going Hupinia all day. Like, that is my choice. All 56 grams of sugar in that one fucking 12-ounce can, that's where I'm going. I just, I'm not a soda guy, though. If I, if, if Hupinia wasn't an option, if ginger ale's there, I'm picking ginger ale overall. No game made um, Hupinho fashion. Oh yeah, was it good for one of my boxes? Yeah, the um, Kawi actually gave me a two liter concentrate. Of oh man, we're actually um, Kawi just followed me on Instagram, and I'm I'm honored by the way. I was they're honored. awesome. They're, I was honored when they followed me. I I shared the photo with Nick. I said I think I finally made it. <laughs> Chief Liz and uh, Kawi follows me. Like I may be. Well, I may yeah. well now, now you got to get into the factory so you can watch the machines at work. The Laverne and Shirley machines going on. I love that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the evolution of, like, Chugs, which we have a meeting tomorrow that I've been talking about for fucking seven They don't have fountain. We, we would never do fountain. Okay. I don't believe in fountain sodas. I'm so, sorry. I just I, I feel like the upkeep of the lines really fucks up the whole soda thing, and people never upkeep them the right way. So I never want soda lines in any of my restaurants ever. Glass bottle. <coughs> glass bottle. <coughs> yeah, but they won't do that. No, but Hubinia, I wish they did a glass bottle. It would be I know. amazing. But I know. Like, I, was, I was harassing them about that. Were you? And they just wouldn't do it? It's just production. They have to change the equipment. And it makes sense. Yeah. I understand that. When you're at that production level, like, yeah. that's a I mean, they have a change. big warehouse, but they're not, obviously, Coca-Cola. It's got a factory every every city. Every 10 miles. Yeah. So, um, we've been talking about, like, because we're going to have liquor at the new chugs. We have a full bar. For breakfast? Well, I mean, you could buy booze whenever you want. But, <laughs> you know, like... Café con leche, white Russian? Okay. That's actually, I would love that. Café con leche, white Russian. <laughs> we can call it Beast White Russian. I love it. Uh, the Beast Rusa, we call it. <laughs> Excuse me? Beast Rusa. Rusa Beast. That's good. I like it. Um, Thanks, comrade. Yeah. We coming up with, like, some kind of cocktails with, like, some of these old sodas... It's been a thing. And, like, Hubinia, there was one. I'm not going to mention it now because someone will steal our idea that I thought was delicious. Um, and we're going to test it next week and see if it's good with Hubinia. Well, they gave me the two liter because I told them I was going to make a honey mustard Hubinia sauce. Well, that sounds good. And I made it, and it was so freaking sweet. I was uh, like, and Well, with concentrate. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what, kind of, I, what kind of mustard did you use? No, I did, I did yellow mustard. I was just trying to do a regular honey mustard and add some Hubinia and added a few spices in there. And then... Then I talked. I took, mentioned it to Gabe. Hey, I have an entire two liter of Hubinia concentrate. And he goes, "Man, I could make a old fashioned." I'm like, "Bro, it's yours." <laughs> so he, he ended up making a, a bunch of. The, I wish I still had jars. I would have brought them. He made me a bunch of little little bottles. Do you? I mean, if you had to choose, actually, we'll save that for the Patreon segment. I'm going to leave it out. Okay. People got to pay for that. Right. And now for recommendations. The wine yeah, recommendations. I recommend listening to Pongo Podcast, sponsored by Drew Estate Scars. That's a shameless plug. Yeah, that's true. You know so what? That, I, I did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. What are you recommending, Mike? Or, Seth, if you want to lead with, with a recommendation. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to mention a, little, He's got notes. a few things here and there. Here we go. He's got Music. Notes. Everyone who says rock is dead. Yeah, I think listen to the Rival Sons, best rock band out of California. 
not out of only California. I'm just saying best rock band in the last few years. Okay. The Rival Rival Sons. Yes, the Rival Sons. Food. I'm going to tell people. Well, obviously, I would say Chug, but Chug's not here. So, got to give my my peeps, Amadi Mix, Our Betters, Frankie's, and Odali's Delight in Westchester. Visit those. Amadi's Mix. Odali's Delight. Where's Odali's Delight? Westchester. Westchester. Odali and Amadi Mix and Odali's are actually in the same uh, strip mall. They're in 97 in Corway. Yeah. And then, you know, Frankie's and Our Betters are on Humberg. Film. I know Peter brought up that scoundrel beat me to mentioning Army of Darkness, but uh, Army of Darkness, these are the films that I absolutely love. Army of Darkness, Buena Vista Social Club, oh. The Devil's Backbone, or La Espinaza del Diablo, depending on which version you see. Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Seven, The Seventh Seal, that's a fucking phenomenal movie. I love that movie so much when I had my movie store. One of the the cover of my movie, my rental boxes actually had the silhouette from the main part of that film. Yojimbo, which is one of the best films ever made, was made as Fistful of Dollars. And The Wild Bunch, one of my favorite films of all time. It's an awesome. If you believe in true friendship, that to me, like these guys would die for each other. And that's better than any list than that hack Larry Carino would say. Oof. Man. And on TV, I'm going to mention something current, M. Night Shyamalan's Servant. Wow, I haven't heard M. Night Shyamalan in so long. Yeah. It, it has it has a little bit Twin Peaks vibe. Old school Twin Peaks, not the more recent. Right. Uh, Mike, recommendations? I don't really have any recommendations right now at this moment. Um, I feel like... Um, I haven't really I honestly I, this sounds dreadful but I haven't watched any TV or like read anything in like 3 weeks. Have you eaten things? Um Have I eaten things? Okay. I'll actually recommend uh one of our recent podcast guests. Uh Simon Kim invited me to his friends and family for his new restaurant, Coat. And um, me being a very difficult guest, I have to say that I very much enjoyed our experience. I think that if anyone has heard that podcast, I think I went into it being pretty difficult with Simon. And I think I warmed up to him quickly. And I think he's an incredibly genuine host. And I think that the restaurant is very good. And yep. uh, I enjoyed our experience. Like, I thought the food was delicious. The service was great. Um, actually, the, our server was a former Ariat employee, which I thought was nice. Um, and, you know, I, th- I thought it was cool. Uh, I hope that they have massive success. Awesome. Yeah, and especially given that you're not much of a red meat guy. I'm not a red meat guy at all, and it's all it was all red meat, so... Uh, I think I also think it's an incredible deal. You know, he spoke about it a lot. That butchers, uh, what was it called? The butchers, but, butchers feast. Butchers feast. Um, it's only fifty four dollars a person, and oh. it comes all, with five different uh, grades of beef, all the way up to a five wagyu. Yeah, fifty four bucks. That's fifty four bucks is a deal, and it comes with like you know they do the whole Korean barbecue thing. They cook it at the table, and it comes with a thing. I think it's like three ounces of meat or two ounces of meat per different types of meat. Um, 
and it comes with a bunch of sides and like the kimchi cabbage and the soups and the egg souffle like it was all delicious i, I like i obviously go into those things knowing like it's a friends and family it's probably going to go pretty rough and this was the first time that i didn't experience that at all that's why i don't like going to friends and family at all ever no. um i like to pay for the food and the thing but you know i i would have liked to enjoy the meal and it was and it was very good awesome yeah uh, only because Domino's came up earlier, I'm going to recommend people put chicken on their pizza. That's my recommendation. But, like, chicken how? I mean, order your pizza with grilled chicken on it. Just grilled chicken, but not, like, barbecue chicken, not, like, fried chicken nuggets, not, like, all No, it, well, I mean, in particular, I'm talking about Domino's, and the only option you have there is grilled chicken. Right. But I, I, I have... never ventured there. But no, I they have, have barbecue chicken pizza. Uh... Yeah, but it's still grilled, so it's just barbecue sauce in, in place. So they grill the chicken, and then they toss it in barbecue, and then they put I, I it in the no, they no. grow anything. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you know I, what I mean. Yeah. Like, they microwave the, the chicken that has grill marks on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, I've never ordered the barbecue chicken, so I don't know if they've, like, replaced tomato sauce with barbecue or if they drizzle some barbecue So what's top. your order? Tell me your order. My order is uh, the Thin Crust Domino's with... Red sauce. Yeah, the normal Thin Crust with either chicken and bacon or chicken and green pepper. I believe they call it robust tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> they do call it robust tomato sauce. And the other one's marinara, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And actually, the, the. I don't know what the hell the difference is to be going on. Well, one's robust and the other one isn't. All right. And the. Uh, uh, I'm also a fan of their of their chicken nugget things. So they have yes, a, they have a good. they have a, a barbecue sauce and bacon chicken nugget. No, thing. I know I've had those. Yeah. I'm I also fan. like the little the bread that comes with jalapeno and bacon. Oh, Even I, I don't really those. like that. Yeah, bacon. the cheesy breads. Yeah, that I'm has... a, I'm more. Listen, Domino's got to sponsor this podcast. We talk about <laughs> them way too much. Uh, I don't care if David Chang likes you or not. It doesn't matter. I support you 100. <laughs> percent um, I'm a big fan of the brownie cookie thing. Oh, I haven't okay. had that. You never had that? I think I've had it. You I had it? No. Yeah, it's just like they take a brownie and then they drop cookies in it and they bake it. Sounds great. Oh. Is it ever? I'm a ch- I don't have much of a sweet tooth, but in chocolate the same things. Bite, you can have a chocolate chip cookie and a brownie. Oh, man! Fuck me, six ways like Sunday. A... Jesus Christ, I love it. <laughs> and now for shameless plugging, <laughs> Seth, uh, tell all the people where they can find you, your things, your book, and all the that. next time you'll be on this podcast to actually <laughs> talk about things that matter. <laughs> well, I think this episode is going to be three episodes long. <laughs> <laughs> so they may be hearing me more than they think. My blog, BurgerBeast.com, social media. But really go to my blog. Let's be honest here. Yeah, go to my blog. You kinda get over look up Trailblazers of Miami food. Uh, don't, don't do that. It's going to be very difficult. The only, <laughs> my, my burger pop-ups, whenever they happen, my sauces, the guava sriracha ketchup, the honey mustard curry, Yeah, those two sauces, which uh, I ship nationwide, those things. And then the other thing is, which I, I hadn't even mentioned, the Taste of Miami book. That I did with New Lane, where it involves 50 local restaurants, and all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, go to employees of those restaurants. Nice. Uh, no one's. I wrote the foreword for the book, and my recipe for my meatloaf, beast loaf, is in it. Beast loaf. Yeah. Man, you gotta make some beast loaf and bring Mike it on to the podcast. Very interested. Yeah. In what's going on over here? Beast loaf. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I highly recommend the beast loaf. <laughs> You Mike, might you be could, on six you, in the mix. You could be saying that at, at Chuck's. I, the, the beast loaf is proudly served beast loaf. <laughs> yeah, but at, at Chuck's, we serve the chug loaf. <laughs> we do a beast loaf pastel. We're actually going to have a meatloaf on the menu 
and I'm not totally sure how that's gonna what what that's gonna taste like yet. But I want it to be like classic meatloaf, like with mashed potatoes, peas and carrots, meatloaf, and ketchup. I do mine so you can put them on in a sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah. Slice mayo, not Dukes, because that's all the chefs are like. Dukes is the best. Hellman's is the best. Helmets for the next paid-for Patreon segment, <laughs> please tune in to hear about Burger Beast's five questions presented by Michael Beltran. That's right. Shameless plugs. All the, the things. things. All the things. Pancom Podcast. You can find on all the social media things at Pancom Podcast. You can listen to it wherever. Things are also on YouTube. Ads at DaveMag.com. That's right. Ads Reference Pancom Podcast. All that stuff. Uh, and Patreon.com slash DaveMag. Seth will uh, recently joined as a patron on Patreon. And, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's just a matter of time before he has a mug. He will and, be in, <laughs> in the small club of people who... Uh, actually, now I'm the only one at this table, maybe, who will never... Because you've seen a mug. I've, I've seen never, a mug. I've seen a mug. I've never been I've in the same it. room as a mug. I've, I've seen it. Philip was here. He snuck in. He had uh, he had brunch. He didn't tell me he was here. Such a nice... Well, such... you, you know what prevented me from getting the highest tier? What's that? I was annoyed that it was an organic tote bag. Yeah. <laughs> organic tote bag? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like, organic? I don't even know what that is. For, for my last shameless plug, please be on the lookout for the uh, Petey the Dog OnlyFans. That's that right. will be out sometime in 2021. It's going to be an expensive um, membership. It's going to be a real expensive membership. Petey the Dog is going to be showing all of his nuggets for everybody. It's going to get gross. <laughs> uh <laughs> And if you are a Patreon person, this doesn't end here. Stick around and Goodbye. you will hear Mike's five Goodbye. ridiculous questions for Seth. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.